Hello Redditors, hello Challenge fans, welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Redditors React podcast. We had a fantastic episode last night, lots to talk about, almost too much to talk about some would say, um, but I can't do this on my own. I may be your host Levi Hall, but I cannot do this without my co-host, without my co-handler, without my ally. I'm spying on him right now. George, how are you doing? Uh, before we start, I'm going to correct a massive injustice from last week. Kyle, 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 Kyle. There. I felt, how did we go for an episode without mentioning him? Damn MTV and giving him a below the profile episode. But um, I think we'll be discussing him a bit more today. So that's exciting. Yeah, and uh, we've, we've got a lot to run down today, George. We are going mm. to uh, be joined, as always this season, uh, by a guest panellist uh, from Reddit. Um, and we will be talking all about last night's episode of The Challenge, Spies, Lies and Allies. But we have to start with our favourite segment and probably our listeners' least favourite segment. Uh, it's the banter <laughs> segment, George. Any banter from this week? Um, yes. I went for drinks on Tuesday night, which was lovely. And then had the combination of like seven exceptionally sugary cocktails, which we found out were better if you... Um, mix said sugary cocktails together. So I had something called a rumble in the jungle, which is rum based, which I very enjoy. Mm. And something with watermelon in it, which I had so many of them, I couldn't remember what was in it. Um, and then got home and had a very, very stressful night's sleep because I had such a sugar high. Woke up, felt fine and got my personal best in a 10K run. Because you were still just running on the fumes. Literally, I pretty much self-doped, um, but I got a 37.42 which is uh, for Very 10k. Nice. Mm. Well, just, just let everyone... It's about That's really miles. good, actually. Sorry, I just thought that thought that just processed in my head. That is really fast. Because I'm thinking yeah. I do a 5k in about... Well, my personal best is 23, 21. That's pretty good. So to do a 10k in that time is unbelievable. Just for our listeners, by the way, when he says self-doped, he's talking about the sugar that he had from the cocktail. Oh, yeah. No, I only use performance debilitating drugs because it's funnier. <laughs> um, that's, an Olymp- that's an Olympics I would watch, by the way. <laughs> it's just like, here's some mushrooms. Now run to that spot. Take like seven hours. It'd be hilarious. Um, did you get the sugar crash, though, the sugar coma, or was it all just the sugar high? I'm... I managed to I managed to ride it out. So I, I think I was on a bit of endorphin high off the run, to be honest, and that corrected it. So when I crash after that, I'm going to feel really miserable. <laughs> well, um, that is an unbelievable time powered by that unbelievable sugar. But you know what was not unbelievable? My performance in this week's Levi Challenge. I tried, George, is all I'll it, say. It's so hard, isn't it? Um, so, so should we remind the viewers what I had to make you do? Yes. So and where um, they can watch and where they can watch your attempt. Yes, yeah, so George uh, challenged me for the Levi Challenge this week to do something um, called the Sally Challenge. So there is a song by Moby called Flower, George. It's called Flower. It's not called Sally. I spent seven days looking for a song called Sally by Moby and I couldn't find it. Um, so, yes, there's a song called um, Flower by Moby Sorry. and it's like Sally up, Sally down, Sally squat, Sally up, Sally down. And the whole idea is you get in a press up position and when they say up, you go up. When you say down, you go down. But if there's words in between, you just have to hold that position. Um, I managed 42 seconds um, out of what, three minutes, 14. So just over a quarter, which isn't too bad, um, not too good either. And when I say just over a quarter, just less than a quarter. Um, but I won't go too much into that because if you want to see that challenge, you can check it out on our Instagram feed uh, at Challenge React. What you got for me this week, George? 
So I realized I've been accidentally recreating Battle of the Seasons because we've had a physical one, which was the Moby Challenge. We've had an endurance one, which is Everesting. So you've now got mental strategy, and I'm adding one, eating to the list. So I'm going to let you pick your own category and um, you can then go from there. Huh? So you can pick mental strategy or eating for your next challenge. Okay, so I'm not picking on eating because I'm currently on a calorie deficit diet. So I this wouldn't this wouldn't that. impact this wouldn't impact your calories. <laughs> I'm really worried that you're going to make me eat like animals, not animals. Uh, obviously, I eat like chicken and beef and stuff, um, but I like wouldn't... insects. Uh, no, well, maybe. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't like that you've given me a choice. I actually hate that you've given me a choice. This is the worst thing you could have done. Why don't do you, do you want to think about it throughout the episode and tell me at the end? Yes. Do you want to man? Okay. Or do you want to no, man up no, 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 no. Hold on. What are my options? I'm going to man up and pick one. Mental strategy and eating. Have you actually got one in your head for each one? I really hope so. I wasn't going to get better at making it up on the fly. Do You're I not this prepared. Um, okay, I'm going to go for. Aren't mental and strategy the same? Well, that's what I thought on Battle of the Seasons, but they're not. <laughs> Okay, let's go strategy. I'm not going for eating. Okay, fair enough. So strategy, I don't really like this one. It was basically to make you solve a Rubik's Cube in a really cold bath. Actually, I do like that one. Yeah, you have to do that. Okay, yeah. Um, what? You can wear swimming trunks. You have to run a cold bath, get in and solve a Rubik's Cube, or you have to quit. I rewatched uh, Rivals 3 where they have to... Uh, we watch Rivals 3 where they have to do the build a tower in an ice bath challenge. I don't know how to solve a Rubik's Cube, so this could genuinely take me hours. Okay. <laughs> I'll, um, we'll, no, I'll we'll do go. it. I'll try it. Really? <laughs> how cold You're, does this bath you, have to be? You are such a good sport. Um, cold tap only. Okay, so I don't have to put ice in or anything like that. No. Okay. Uh, and no. then the other thing is um, swimming trunks, and I'm going to wear a top as well. Swimming trunks on top is absolutely fine. You wear a wetsuit if you want, actually. That'd make it funnier. Do not have a wetsuit. But what I will say is, when I film this, I will film this on a time lapse because it could genuinely take over four hours. I can't believe you're actually doing this. I, I have a backup endurance one, in case you said no, but you're such a good sport. Good work, Levi. Um, I'm just, you know, this is, this is my training for the challenge. Um, it is. is. Is to endure these horrible things that you're putting me through. But... Also, I get to enjoy some lovely things as well, don't I, George, with our brand new segment? Yeah, we, so I think last week, no, so two weeks ago, you said, I love Emmy. I'm going to listen to some of her rap. And then last week I asked you, and you hadn't. Have you this week, Levi? Yes, I have. Not only have I listened to uh, one of her songs, I think maybe we call this segment Emmy's EPs. Um, so I listen to yeah, one song each week and I critique. Um, but yeah, not only have I listened to one of her songs numerous times, um, I have also, wait for this, made the discovery that Emmy was in a girl group on X Factor Romania. Yeah, you got that right. Emmy was really in a girl group. That's really niche. <laughs> on X Factor Romania. Um, so the song that I have listened to of uh, Emmy's is, and I'm just going to, uh, get it up here it's called and it's actually the song i was listening to while i was waiting for you to come on the zoom it's called hannah montana 
by Emmy Alupe. As you can tell, I'm one minute and 14 seconds through. I'm not going to play it because I don't want to get hit with any form of copyright strikes. But no, we had quite enough of those. <laughs> um, without sounding like Louis Walsh, who our British listeners will know as uh, the old guy that sits on the end of the uh, judging table on X Factor UK, uh, who ages backwards and our American viewers won't know at all. Um, she reminds me of a Romanian Iggy Azalea. Ah, okay. I like her more than Iggy Azalea, and I'm not a huge fan of her. Although I've realised I have flip flops on Emmy quite a lot, so I'll probably like her this week. Um, so as far as the song, um, it's all in Romanian, except for two words, Hannah Montana. Um, so I'm going to assume that the song is about Hannah Montana. Um, I don't know what it's about, but as far as the beat, um, the production value is very good. I like that it's got quite a slow but also pumping beat with some uh, wonderful kind of sound effects in it. Um, I would describe it as a very good track for a spin class if you're doing a slow climb out of the seat. Um, and as you know, I love my spin classes, so you couldn't get a bigger compliment than that. So Emmy, love the track I like, Hannah Montana. I like the way you're pairing it with um, exercise, like most people pair wine with food. This is, this is, this is a good level of review, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by this, mate. A lot of thought into it. More thought than yeah. I put into that challenge. I made that up on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what I would say is, uh, Emmy, Really like the track. Um, it's my favourite one so far. It's also the only one that I've listened to. Um, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to uh, the continuation of Emmy's EPs and listening to another song uh, next week. And why how don't many we songs listen to... How many songs has she got? Probably enough for about six weeks. Okay, cool. But, uh, but the one that we're listening to next week, or this week, ready for next week, is called Karma. So um, yes, that will be... Uh, <laughs> That will be fun. Um, and then if I like it, I will sing it to Brian's dog. <laughs> nice. Also, thanks, Freddie, foreshadowing. That actually helps with the episode we're going to go into. But before <laughs> the episode, we have to go talk about a poll in the corner, don't we? Yes, we do. So we'll talk about your massive poll in the Redditor's Corner. So um, tell us about your massive poll this week, please, George. No, I'm going to tell you about Redditor's Corner first, because I found a brilliant one just before the pod. I really like I really like the whole contestants in real life thing because I think like um, Alan Aguirre said in the first one, he just can't stop thinking about Nelson doing day to day activity. Well, someone called AC Cloyd, actually a really good name, strong, um, had a spot on a challenger this morning while walking their dog. Oh, who do you think it was? Wait, who was walking the dog? The challenger or the redditor? The, chale the challenger was walking the dog. The challenger was standing on their patio with another person just hanging out and talking. I like to think that it was Ed, but the dog was walking him. <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant mental image. Um, do you watch Bojack Horseman? We go through this every single week. I watch yeah. no TV but the challenge and sport. Another very, very good Reddit comment this week was that um, there's a character there called Mr. Peanut Buster, who is just a very friendly dog, and, and that is like the life embodiment of Ed. Uh, so that was also a very, very good shout for Redditor's Corner this week. Um, a couple of other things to look back. There's, Wait, there's hold a, on. Who, who did they spot? Oh, sorry. Um, well, the, their friend was hanging out and talking, and if I say I'm shocked this person can do two things at once, does that give you a clue? It could, could be anyone. True, actually. It was in Texas. Nelly T. 
It was indeed. First comment, mm -hmm. you should ask him for scuba lessons. I enjoyed that. Um, Can I just say, in my, um, my HomePod, when I said that, for some reason, just went, mm-hmm. <laughs> Love the fact you've got someone to agree with you on the pod. <laughs> I, actually, I always agree with you. Uh, and then just a couple of other relative corner ones. Um, the return of vote for your favourite um, favorite moment and favourite character of each episode is out. I really enjoyed that during Total Madness. Uh, so I think the, they've only, they're, they're usually released them a week after. So uh, I think Corey Lay had a very, very good show in the first week. I don't think I've seen episode two yet for them. I've got to dig that one out. But yeah, keep your eye out for those. Please vote on their polls if you can. It's really, really good for like a pulse check of who the Reddit's enjoying. And now let's just go to my two massive polls this week. Oh, he's been directing it twice. I've been <laughs> getting older, mate. I've got to enjoy that while I can. <laughs> Are uh, you 30 yet? Sorry. No. October. When's your birthday? Oh, we'll use um, my banter section for next week will be my birthday plans. I think you'll find them quite funny. You're obviously invited. Oh, okay. oh sweet. Um, when is it? 27th of October. So it's, around, it's year and a half term, but it's not going to be on the 29th. Oh, nice. When you said it on the Devon podcast, you made it seem like it was like this month. So I've been like thinking the whole time, should I wish Georgia happy birthday today? <laughs> should I wish it today? Damn it. I should have left you with that. So you just have to keep guessing when it was. <laughs> so this was actually quite a good poll this week for what was coming up because it was um we, i thought we had quite a rookie central episode this week but mm. the poll i did a few days ago was which of all the rookies with limited screen time do you want to see more of so i, I count people like michelle Corey lay ed as having had i'm sorry and esther as having had quite a lot of screen time already um because they've got a bit of a moment they've been in elimination so your option so we've had um 2116 votes this week and your top three were emmanuel winning by quite a long way with 684 tommy got 451 and then tasha with 316 and the other three were all knocking around the like 200 mark with priscilla jeremiah and huey well, those results aged well, but we'll get more into that later on in yeah. the podcast. <laughs> they did indeed. Um, a couple also, of other ones. That, oh, what sorry. we'll get into in the podcast is whether or not we're saying Emmanuel's name properly. Um, we'll discuss that a bit later because it turns out Devon says it a very different way. Um, and your second oh, massive poll. Yeah, Devon must be right. My second massive poll, I think I got downvoted for because people thought it was such a stupid question. And to be honest, when I look back on it, it probably was. But I was re-watching Rivals 2. And realised that is absolute prime CT and probably the weakest physically Wes has ever been on a challenge. I think when he comes back for Battle of the Seasons, uh, sorry, when he's on Battle of the Seasons and when he's on War of the World 2, he's put on a bit more muscle. Mm. I know he gets beaten by Bear in War of the Worlds 2, but he's ill, so give him that. But the thing was, if... Um, he had a CT up his bum. Oh uh, yes, you did make that a running joke that I didn't enjoy. Very hard to run with a support GM, by the way. Yeah, um, seems a bit runny, doesn't it? Anyway, and it was what? What if CT and Wes went against Johnny and Frank in that double hall brawl? Now I thought this would be closer because Johnny and Frank both about similar weight. One would definitely overpower Wes. Um, CT obviously is by far the MVP of that, but. If you've ever fought like two on one, it's really hard to win, as you see with CT in the Kyle and JP. Thank you. Uh, the JP challenge. But he, um, 
CT, absolute overwhelming winner with uh, 674 and four, uh, against 47. So a massive landslide. As someone who war games what that um, animation would have gone by, it would have been CT versus Frank blocking, and CT would just barreled through him, taken Johnny out as well, and Wes would have strolled over and hit the bell. So, yeah, probably a bit of a dumb question for me to ask, to be fair, but I enjoyed the views of the Redditors, as always. And that is one thing that we always say here at Redditors React is engage in the discussion over on Reddit because that's what we're all about, carrying on that discussion yeah. about the challenge, um, but also discussing with new people from the Reddit because this week, George, joining us in our third chair um, is someone that we've not had on the podcast before. So previously uh, this season, we've had people uh, like Tay join us who have been on the podcast or people like Alan, Alan Aguirre. Um, who I'm sure everyone knows, but um, we have got Jake coming on today. He goes by RakeGeeky1 on Reddit, um, and you may know him from his Edgic post. Now, he's going to explain to us all about what Challenge Edgic is. Um, I've had a conversation back with him about it. it. It seems really interesting. I know you're really keen on it. So I guess without further ado, um, let's welcome Jake to the podcast. Jake, how are you doing? Lovely to have you here. Awesome, Levi. Thank you guys so much both for having me on. I'm very, very excited to be uh, here and talking challenge. Well, um, you uh, you sent, sent a DM to me a while ago, you know, saying that you listen to the podcast, you'd love to get involved. Um, I had a look at the work that you're doing on Reddit, which is absolutely incredible. I know George absolutely loves it because he's a bit of a data nerd. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what this challenge edgic is? Yeah, absolutely. So the concept EDGIC, which stands for a combination of editing and logic, right? Um, it originated in Survivor, which during the pandemic, I took my, while I finished all the challenges and I had nothing else to rewatch, I started to watch some Survivor. And the concept in general ideas is that if you analyze the edit, you can try and figure out storylines, outcomes, potential winners, everything just based off what the editors are saying, right? The editors know exactly what's going to happen in advance. So their role is to create a show that sort of caters to the outcome that they know is coming, right? From, from episode one, from minute one, they know who the winner is, who's coming in second, who's coming in third. And so there are little ways in which they depict the players to sort of analyze how they're going to do in the game. Now, it's much different in Survivor because Survivor, there's no final challenge that's endurance-based, right? So someone like Take Big T, for example, last in Double Agents, she had an edit that made it seem like she could absolutely win the final. And then we saw in some of the endurance challenges that unless the finals changed, the edit is showing us that she's not ready for that to win that final yet. So it's a little bit different in the challenge, but the idea is, is essentially that you take everything that the editors are telling us and you look at it through an extremely over-analytical lens, um, something that is totally unnecessary. But for me, it makes it really fun because it turns it into a game a little bit. And I'm able to analyze, okay, what are the, why did they show us that? Why did they use this person's confessional here? Why did they use this person's here? And it really, it makes it a whole lot of fun for me. And so um, when I started reading that with Survivor, there was one person in particular, um, I forget his name, but he has a website inside Survivor and they write in-depth edgic posts about each character. And I was like, man, no one does this for the challenge. And I love writing. They do now. They, they do, do now. now. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I started doing it a little bit during Double Agents last season and um, I just fell in love with it. And so now it's something that every week I look forward to. I, it takes a lot of work. I watch the episodes like three or four times to try and catch everything. Um, 
but it is it makes it more fun for me um, to watch the show. It's a really, really fun lens. You're going to make Levi look like an amateur. He does it twice for this pod. You're doing it for <laughs> Levi. You need to step up your game. Um, but just as I understand it, though, it's a combination of screen time merged with positivity. And that's right. how you that's how you judge people. Right. Um, right. So it's a screen time um, mixed with sort of um, trying to figure out the way. But just we have a there's a rating system involved. Right. And so yeah. every every person is rated on two levels. Right. Which is um, for visibility. And then they're like behavioral rating in terms of what kind of edit they were shown. And so a good example of this has been Tori from this season, right? Tori, which I'm sure we'll talk about her in this episode and everything. But Tori is a good example of a complex personality, which is one of the ratings. In all of the episodes, Tori has been well-rounded. We hear her strategies, her alliance, her romantic involvement. We hear from her on a variety of different levels. Then you compare her to somebody like Casey, who for the first two episodes was practically invisible, right? She did have a storyline established with Nani, and that sort of made her under the radar, which is uh, one of the ratings. So there's four different ratings. And then you can also, there's also a tone in which they are showed, right? Um, another example of this would be Emmanuel. He has received extremely positive tone from Devin, constantly reminding us that he's a threat and all these things. Mm -hmm. That's positive tone as for the way I interpret that as the editor saying that, hey, somebody who's a smart, reliable narrator and Devin, they are telling the viewers to watch out for Emmanuel, right? And so for me as a viewer, I'm, I am now watching out for Emmanuel. Um, so it's sort of a combination of exactly what you mentioned, uh, sort of their behavior and whether they are um, being shown strategically and being shown to be game aware, um, being there for the right reasons. And then the tone, which really comes from how other people are talking about them or the light that they're shown in um, throughout the episode, right? Um, so, that, you called something out in your last summary, which is like second person visibility or something. Yes. That was one of the ones I didn't quite get. So thank you, one Levi, for getting Jake on here so I can, <laughs> he can explain it to me because I didn't know he was the guest until about two hours ago. Um, but yeah, can you explain that to me and how that impacts someone's um, edgic analysis? Right, absolutely. So second person visibility, the, the um, edgic author that I followed in Survivor was very, he was big on that. And I naturally have become big on that as well. And it really helped me out in Double Agents. And one of the ideas is that when you're hearing about a cast member or a player from other cast members and players, it's something to watch out for because they can say anything they want in their confessionals and depict themselves in any light. For example, Fessy last season was depicting himself in the light of I'm the strongest competitor in the challenge house. You can't beat me, all these things. That's not how we were seeing Fessy from the other cast members view at all. And it's so- the strongest douche. douche that was exactly. much yeah. <laughs> and so with Fessy, the entire cast, I mean, each episode, it seemed like we heard at least one confessional about how bad of a partner he was. There was even times where like, the edit would directly contradict him of he was saying that like me and Nani are going to work well together. I want to run this final with Nani. And literally the subsequent confessional is Nani saying that Fessy's a bad partner. I don't want to run the final with him. And for me, what that shows is that is the second person visibility kind of gives a clue to what the other players in the game are thinking about. And if it's somebody who is a reliable narrator or who so, so far has been what they say is shown and is accurate to what's shown, then it's something that we should watch out for. Um, Cam was a very reliable narrator last season. She was one of the stars of the show from episode one. 
there's a couple of specific scenes where she talks about Amber B and how these alliances Amber B has and how Amber B smarter than she looks. And these things to me, that set off a little bulb in my head that was like, I need, I needed a second female that wasn't Cam because Cam was clearly the female contender above anybody yeah. else, for, you know, miles ahead. You know, I needed somebody else. And it's like, okay, if the most reliable narrator in the show is telling us that this girl is somebody to watch out for, and it's not, she's not just saying that, setting her up to be eliminated, right? Which is how it happens. Like Michaela received a lot of that episode one. She's smart, she's strong, all this. But then she went home, right? Hmm. So if a player receives the second person visibility and then doesn't go home, to me, that's why I look at it as that means something, right? Uh, that's something that's significant to me. So I've got three questions because I think this is going to be a really, really fun episode of the podcast because I think you're going to come at things with a really kind of logical view while George and I piss about as usual. <laughs> um, so my first question, I'm guessing if, if you're doing your edicts and it's kind of a game for you to guess, you don't, you don't do spoilers, do you? No, 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 no. So Perfect. I am unspoiled. Um, and so I have an Instagram account for Challenge Edic and I was talking to the Challenge Stats Instagram account and he was like, dude, you should delete this because I had turned off comments. Like I'm trying to do the best I can to try to stay unspoiled. Um, and I, so far I know nothing. The only thing I know in advance is that I did like research some of the players. So like I looked at Emmanuel and I, especially during the global activation thing, it shows that Emmanuel is smart. He's strategic. He knows what he's doing. So for me, I looked at him and I also know in his survivor show, it's like five and a half months or something. So I, I know some of the roles, but I am completely unspoiled on the outcomes, anything like that. And the, if unfortunately I do run into that this season, which is a fear of mine, then my plan is to stop writing because the minute I write with a bias, with an, uh, with a spoiled opinion, I'm basically telling you what's going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally unspoiled and I'm doing everything to, to keep it that way. I block stories. I unfollow all the only challenge accounts I follow are podcasts like you and challenge stats, any unspoiled pages. I think that's the same with us as well is like, we're unspoiled one for our own enjoyment of watching a show but two mm -hmm. it is impossible to do a podcast where you're talking right. about things that are happening and things that you think are happening if you know what's going to happen yeah, um, right. my second question and everyone can get the bingo card out now should george and i be worried that kyle was non-existent last week uh, i I was worried and I had Kyle was my top contender after episode one. And then I was like, dude, I made these predictions. I was like, Kyle and Amanda are going to be our narrators. They're going to be great. And then Kyle came out episode two and literally didn't say a word. So it was a little concerning, but then some people made some comments on my last post and they said, Hey, remember, you know, this is a, we have more rookies than we do vets in the game right now. They could very easily just be showcasing what they have until Kyle takes over and all this. And I do think that's true to some extent. However, that being said, this is a season with no bananas. This is a season with no Wes. And this is a season where CT has a total of like four confessionals total across the global activation episode included. He's averaging one per episode right now. And, and that, and, or something like that. And to me, it's kind of concerning that him and Kyle aren't being featured more right off the bat. Right. And so I, like it's crazy to bet against either one of them and their longevity in the game, but it does concern me a little bit. Uh, that that being said, though, he was right back to his ways this episode, so it could just be a cool down. There could be, you know, I talked about it a little bit in my post last week. He also just had like nothing to do with the episode. He he really wasn't involved. Amanda wasn't either, but she had some ties with like Fessy and Ashley and all that. So I'm not too worried yet. But if this becomes a theme, 
if he has another invisible episode, that would be really concerning to me. No. Well, there's only one way to find out if Carl has an invisible episode. And that's first of all, for us to watch it, which we've done. And second of all, for us to discuss it. Now, last week, yeah. when Kyle very sadly disappeared from our screens, uh, Ed <laughs> and Emmy won their elimination against Kells and uh, Tracy. Um, this then led to some new team partnerships being formed. So we had Emmy and number one draft pick, let's go, Devin Walker um, and Ed and Tori, which left Michelle and Corey Lay being paired together in an all-rookie partnership. Uh, now, I know that's quite a lot to digest. It was a tongue twister for me to say. So let's see what happened when the challengers got back to the house. Here you go! Take it over Get a hoagie! We're going to get a hoagie! We're going to get a hoagie! <laughs> <laughs> I'm the greatest partner in the world! Shut up, Devin! Devin. <laughs> Devin. What made you take Devin? I looked and Devin was like, really? <laughs> I was like, for sure. I'm confident with Devin because he's really smart and I love this. Like, it's not about muscle in this game. It's about this. That's all. The most important. Well, I'm proud of you, bro. I'm proud of you too. Now that we're a team. Yes. It's important that we get to know each other as quick as possible. Obviously. Yeah. That's why we're on this dinner date. So I, <laughs> that's why we're on this dinner date. Hell yeah, I'm here to stay, baby. I didn't get sent home this time, send me in again. I'll stay, I don't give a <laughs> Winners win. I don't get intimidated by nobody and I'm not gonna back down from nothing. So when Amber asked Emmy why she picked Devin, she basically said, cause he put his hand up. Um, but, but no, seriously. Um, she, uh, she picked him because he is really smart. Now, I know we joke about him being number one draft pick. Uh, good choice. What do you think, uh, what do you think, George? Oh, George, he... have you topped up your bottle of wine? Well, yes, but it's now next to me, so I will save time on the pod, so I don't have to keep <laughs> running back to the bar to top it up. Take that one off uh, the bingo card. <laughs> we do need to discuss that game for next week. I really think we should play it. Um, so... Again, you can cut and paste what I said last time. I get what they're doing. Devin's popular. He's got good links, but he's not a massive physical threat. So you get a bit of safety without putting a target on your back for someone who takes out a strong pair. Again, it just makes sense. And also when you ask me about Tori, copy and paste what I said last week. It's the same opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about Tori because actually Tori is also number one draft pick, but she just doesn't shout about it. Um, and they have this interesting scene where Tori, and I say interesting, it's just there. Uh, Tori and Ed are getting to know each other over a lovely bowl of cabbage. Now, you know I like to throw in things from uh, the challenge aftermath with the wonderful Devon Simone. And uh, Amanda likes to spill the tea on there. And apparently, um, Tori had, uh, had her eyes on young Edward, despite the fact... Um, he he did not reciprocate. He had a girlfriend at the time, which Tori was not aware of. But um, but yeah, it was a uh, romantic cabbage date. Uh, what do you think of Ed, Jake? I I like this kid, and I honestly didn't think I was going to at first. And I feel like I've heard that said a few times around. I like his energy. He kind of mm. reminds me of Jay from Total Madness, and just that I'm here, but without like the 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 crybaby little bit part where like. I love Jay, but he was kind of, and he was like, ah, he didn't get it. Ed was like, yeah, I get it. You threw me in once 
Cor even Coriel has been kind of like, why are you throwing me in again? Why? And Ed's just kind of like, let's go. Like, I'm ready. So I like this guy. I like it. I like his energy for a rookie. I think he's coming in the right way. I definitely feel like based on what he's shown in just the couple of episodes that he's been in, he potentially could be a mainstay because yeah. he's got that energy. He seems to be very popular amongst the, uh, the challengers, seems to be popular amongst the fans. He seems to love what he's doing and he's not taking anything overly personally. He understands it's a game. He's here to play. I really like him. I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully more and more of him this season. You know what's interesting? People tend to compare people they want to stay on the show to people who are already established because they've got that reputation mm -hmm. i have now seen ed compared to hunter paulie johnny jet didn't have jay before by the jay uh way jay that's quite that's a really interesting take because i see where you're coming from he's like jay dialed up to 11 if you get right, if, right, if, exactly. if, you, if you give jay a shitload of speed that's ed um <laughs> but I, and there's a couple more i've even forgotten but genuinely I, he's I, it's probably a, a correction because we've not had a really fun season for a while and Ed just fundamentally seems yeah. fun but I think you're right I think we've potentially got someone who's going to be around for a long time which is great because he seems fantastic for the game he seems and, fun and he said yeah. he had a quote sorry I didn't he had a quote during the last uh, during this episode where it was like winners win and he's won an elimination he's won a daily challenge he he's right when you're a competitive player you know there's a certain level of just you know how to win, right? It, it comes, that's what CT and all those guys, they know how to do, they know how to win. And that's, I think he's shown that, that he's a competitor. So I like this guy. I also think looking at it from a psychological point of view, you know, a lot of the times you'll see, the, see them throw in someone like Ashley to rattle her because they know they can. If you're someone like Ed and you get thrown into elimination, you're like, yeah, let's go. I'm excited for this one. People aren't going to throw you in because they're like, okay, it's not going to affect the way he's going to play. You know, I... I'm, I'm, I'm team Ed. Come on, yeah. Edward. Screw <laughs> Jacob. I'm with Edward. I'm with uh, I can't believe Millennial. You just made, I can't believe you just made a Twilight reference on the pod and you told me you don't watch uh, Gossing I've, over I've that. Never, I've never actually seen it. I just know it was a thing at some point. Um, speaking of someone else that's a bit of a mainstay, um, came on as an underdog, now uh, continues to be on the show. That's Big T. Um, and the one thing we always say about Big T is... She's lovely. Her social game is amazing. Everyone seems to love her. This seems to be causing a bit of an issue for her because Fessy says, look, we didn't tell you about the plan um, because we don't know where you stand. We didn't, don't know if you were in, a, in an alliance with Kells. You seem to be talking with him a lot. You're talking with the rookies a lot. And Corey says, look, socially, Big T gets on best with the rookies. So where do her loyalties lie? Essentially putting her at the bottom of the Vets Alliance. What are we thinking here? Is Big T in trouble? Let's go with the edging. I, I worry for Big T. She had a quiet first few episodes, which for someone who's a narrator as good as her, that worried me a little bit. Um, not damning, right? Because like all other Vets, it's a rookie heavy season. But... Um, just from a logic perspective, I agree with you. She's on the bottom of the vets. And so what, what the, she has to make some sort of move. Otherwise, if it does, if they actually vets were to get it down and eliminate all the other rookies, she would be the first on the totem pole to go. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think that's going to actually happen, but she is the candidate. And it makes sense from the vets too, to go after her, because if you're looking at who would flip, she's the candidate to flip knowing that she's at the bottom. So Big T got away with a lot last season. She she really got away with a lot. And um, I do think that this 
it might be her season to sort of pay for her sins uh, of, of how well she did last season. She made some moves um, and she might have to pay for them. Also, do you think she was kind of saved last season um, because no one wanted to give CT a chance at his skull, so they weren't going to throw them both in. So she actually, she weirdly had a shield not to go in on a season you want to go in and just let her, let her survive longer than she thought. Right, and, and yeah, I, I actually, I hadn't thought about it in that lens, but that is extremely accurate, right? With Big T, you look at what worked for her to do well last season, and it was almost like everything lined up, right? Mm. She had a partner who could help her win daily challenges and give her this political power and make those guys. Um, she connected with the rookies, and we saw for the first time in a while, the rookies actually had an alliance last season, and they actually at least tried to come out the vets in the beginning. They gave it a shot. So there was a lot of things that lined up for her to do well. Um, and that, and then in this season, she's sort of coming in with this target of like, hey, we didn't think you were a threat and you made moves last season. You're not going to just get away with it again. That That's the vibe I'm getting is that all the vets are sort of like, you played us last season thinking that you, we thought, you know, you were like fun, dumb, big T, you know, and it's like, no, you're smart and you made moves. That's not happening again, right? Uh, that's the vibe I got. Yeah, and it's it's caused a lot of the a lot of the vets to go cold on her, you know, as cold as Iceland. But it's hot there in Croatia because half the house is sunbathing, and Huey is wearing a face mask. I love Huey, what a legend! Um, and whilst uh, while some of them are sunbathing, some of them are working out, and you can't work out without joining Nelly T's boot camp, which needs to have its own MTV show. Yes, yes, that was. I'm pretty certain that's the first thought I have when I saw this scene. And then I checked your challenge, our challenge Reddit Instagram and realised that you posted it the second this clip came on. I would watch Nelly T's bootcamp. Uh, it just seemed fun. Also, how much money would they have paid for Anaconda? They clearly have faith in Nelly T's uh, bootcamp. <laughs> um, and do you know who, uh, who Nelly T has faith in? Old Bertha. Oh, um, Bertha. He, he loves a bit of Bertha. I'm sorry, Bernard, we're calling you Bertha from now on. Um, but she's kind of struggling because she thinks the vets see her as a threat. Now, I'm going to go to you here, Jake, because from the Edric perspective, when she said that, did you think, okay, this is going to be an episode where she's going to go into elimination? Yes, um, I started to think that. I, I, some seeds were being planted, right? Seeds were being planted where the vets think I'm a threat. Um, we were starting to sort of get the rundown that, you know, hey, she is not only, she was getting content outside of the relationship with Nelson, right? It wasn't only confessionals regarding Nelson or Ashley. It was starting to be more about her and her game. And I liked in the previous episode, she displayed like an awareness that was like, I know that if I have this thing with Nelson, people are coming after me and that's not good. So I, I she, she displayed a little bit of, uh, they were planting that seeds early on. And I didn't actually think that she was going into the elimination. I thought Michelle was going in, truthfully. Um, and I'll explain why as we go on. But um, yeah, they were planting seeds. And now in hindsight, I can say that is why they were planting those seeds, right? I like Berna slash Bertha, but you know who absolutely hates her, George? <laughs> Ashley Meltdown Mitchell. <laughs> Ashley Meltdown Mitchell hates Berna. Um, now... Whilst uh, such a good nickname, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Whilst um, whilst <laughs> like most so of the challenges are part of Nelly T's uh, boot camp, there is the kind of offshoot uh, gym area where Garbo and uh, Corey Lay are having a little chat. 
Um, Corey Lay feels like he's in a position now in this rookie-rookie partnership situation where he's constantly going to get called in. Um, Garbo doesn't really know what's going on. He's he's just working out in the gym because he's got a bit of tanning and laundry to do afterwards. Um, but when we're looking at the situation... Oh, come on, George. Don't roll the eyes. <laughs> I, I, rained, I rolled my eyes so hard there, I think I've sprained them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are at a situation where the rookies outnumber the vets. And the rookies have outnumbered the vets all the way through, but still the vets are running the game. Why? I mean, I know that Alan talked about it, Tay talked about it. Why can't the rookies just get their act together? George? I... Okay, one, why are you discussing strategy with Dabo? There is a really long list, including my deceased great granny, who I would discuss strategy with before I spoke to Gabo about it. Like, the guy has no idea. I, he actually, it's interesting because he almost seems to know he has no idea. Because <laughs> yeah. when he says that he, I can't remember if it was in your summary actually, Jay, but yeah. where he goes, I've got popcorn muscle, it's like, yeah. are you hilariously self-aware and a go to go to the end you can't be you can't be um but yeah honestly I, I don't get the conversation because Coriel seems really quite switched on i think he's actually one of the stronger rookies and his stock seems to rise for me every episode we yeah. hear him speak see him perform um it seems really really decent in terms of the rookie versus the vet I think Tay actually summed it up best last week. It's because you're dealing with people like Dabo. You're dealing with people who don't really understand the game. If you had a team of Michelle, Michaela and Kells and Coriel and Tommy, Tommy well. actually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, if you have those five just duplicated three times, they'd, they'd walk it. They, they'd understand the numbers. They mm -hmm. put the right people against the right people. And it'd be a rookie game. Mm. Fortunately, rookie's dumb. That's better. That's quicker. Edit all the long explanation out and just end with rookies dumb. <laughs> um, and then we've got Michelle and Emmanuel flirting over on the uh, deck chairs. That happened. Um, but after that, <laughs> the alarm goes off and it's time for the agents to head down to the mission to join TJ. So while they're struggling with their footing on the way down there, let's find out from TJ exactly what's in store. Today's challenge is called Sea Cave Recon. Wow. Yeah, baby. Your goal is to retrieve two active bombs and get them to safety as fast as you can. Now, here's how it's going to work. To begin, you and your partner are going to jump off a 30-foot cliff into this violent sea. Then you're going to dive deep down and recover your first of two bombs. You will then swim deep inside this badass cave, where you will find your second active bomb deep inside. Once you get both active bombs, swim as fast as you can to the waiting wave runners. You're going to hold on tight because they're going to drag you down the shoreline to a checkpoint where you will then have to swim the rest of the way. You will then place your active bombs on the podiums where they will become deactivated and your team time will be stopped. The team to get this done the fastest will win today's challenge, be safe from elimination, and become our agency. Yeah! Losing teams, you're all on the chopping block. Get it done. So the agents have to jump off a 30-foot cliff into some water, dive down to get an active bomb, then swim, <laughs> swim through a cave to get the second active bomb, uh, then swim to a wave runner, 
which will drag them to a checkpoint before they swim to shore and deactivate the bombs on a podium. Oh, it's it's quite convoluted for what was actually quite an enjoyable challenge. I know, yep. I know who we're casting him in the Austin Powder. Here is the tractor beam. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that episode of Friends where Joey keeps using them but doesn't actually know how. It's the best from Ross. You're using it wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be great for the people that are listening to the audio. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, what what are we thinking about this challenge? Just from kind of initial explanation, George. Um, look, I, I think I said quite a lot last season. I like the early ones that show a really diverse set of skills and also we're, we're definitely you, Amelia, but I don't know about you, Jay. We, we like the ones that show whether people can work well as a team together. And yes. this is one that was definitely going to have that not so much during the challenge, but definitely before, because I think mm -hmm. we got some interesting moments about seeing people hype each other up. Um, definitely the first swimming challenge of the season and... There was one hell of a surprise within the first four teams. Like, someone's got absolute fins. They went absolutely rapidly through this. And I find it funny when people jump off things when they're scared of heights. See me, I'm a bit sadistic. <laughs> well, I'm going to assume that I know who you're talking about. So why I don't think talk you know about him? Huey, uh, the new yeah. crowd favourite, has yes. an absolute meltdown at the top of that cliff. Meltdown. He throws up. He is... He, I can't do it, Ashley. I can't do it. No, I'm not, I, I can't jump. I can't jump. Um, I, I'll say this now because um, he said I could. Uh, we have been in talks, and next week our um, our guest joining us on the Reaction Podcast is Huey, um, our, our favourite rookie from the challenge. So um, that'll be exciting. I'm sure that he'll critique the Irish accent I keep doing of him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he. Um, he was absolutely shitting himself. Uh, there was a really weird moment after he's thrown up where they then kiss on the lips. Yeah, I, whoa, COVID. I was surprised <laughs> that wasn't talked about more. Like, how is that not brought up on a tweet or something? I've seen nothing of that yet. So, Alan Aguirre calls it out very, very well. Um, I actually didn't notice it because it's standard practice in England when you're 14 to end up doing that. Uh, but yeah, also gross. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm just this is this is the the teaser we got in the first proper episode for this partnership. This was what I wanted from it for next week. Yep. They are they're going to be the greatest car crash of all time. And I'm <laughs> and I want front row spit sit covered seats for it. But you know what I love is that he, I, I, he can't do it. He can't do it. Blah, kiss jumps in, turns into a fish. Dive straight down, grabs the active bomb, um, and and then he just absolutely blitz, <laughs> blitzes the swim. And I love that thing that he says. He's like, when you've got this much fear, you just turn into Superman. Um, <laughs> and do, do you know what? I I kind of liked the fact that they didn't win out the people in their kind of group of four because of Ashley, because it actually made Huey look even stronger. I don't know if you agree from your kind of logic there, Jake. Yeah, absolutely. So Huey has been an interesting character this season. He has an edit that like, he hasn't really told us how he's going to navigate the game or anything yet, the way like Emmanuel has or have that sort of connection. But 
he he's there and we keep hearing from him and i like the um it's just these funny scenes and he's just a good energy um and i like that like you said he kind of pushed ashley in this case and logan was going fast from how it seemed logan and he just dominated that right so yeah logan the uh, right right i like Huey. i think he's gonna have he's gonna be a, a fun character this season mm-hmm. and like him and ashley are a literal train wreck and i love it i love it because you can see during that scene ashley's like can i get a new partner she's just like he's like screw you just the back and forth banter already i love and that's why like she had that attitude at the at the beginning before they jumped in but then afterwards actually he he was the strong link of their team i mean george how much do you love hashtag ashley I just think and that's, that's what great. we're calling it, not Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> okay, fine. They even know he can say that. Um, the thing I like as well is, uh, Jake, I don't know how often you go through the Reddit, but how often do you see people calling out for bringing back normal people on the challenge? Normal, but with personalities. Wait, you mean stop. like not the, super jacked athletes? Not so, so right. I, yes. Oh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. And yeah. I've, Huey is an excellent example of that i mean his personality is dialed up to 11 but i find him hilarious i Mm -hmm. i i I want to just sit and listen to him rant about things for the entire day you will be able to do that next week george (laughs) when uh huey joins us on the podcast not sure if i mentioned that already i'll probably mention it a few times huey is joining us on the podcast next week i think there's a concept in baseball called like something like a soft pitch i really threw that one up for you just to like smash it out of the park (laughs) And two Brits talking about baseball is not what people tune in for. I'm surprised people tune in. But yeah, I I generally, I want them to stay together for the entire game. No one separate them, please. I want this level of carnage. And I want them to stay together forever. I kind of want them to be my fun aunt and uncle. (laughs) I, I think it would make Christmas, I think that would make Christmas very, very entertaining. And they'd definitely be... They'd be the family members who like bought you booze for the first time and right. told you how to, yeah, that, that's yeah. the kind of people you need when you're growing up. If you make that happen, please adopt me because I'd love to participate. <laughs> and you know what I love is that Huey, despite what we expected based on you know, how he was feeling before the jump, absolutely smashed the challenge um, in the same way that Michelle smashed her face. Michelle's a boss though. She smashed her face. And then she was like keeping up with Ed, who, as we know, you know, hyperactive dogs swim all the time. So he was always going to be good at this challenge. Yeah. Um, let's kind of talk about them in tandem here. Um, Michelle and Ed, they're, they're really impressing as far as the kind of physicality of the challenge, aren't they, George? Yeah, I mean, Ooh. It, it was one So it was in, no, there's a reason I paused there. And it's because... Alan Aguirre only did two full player previews and he said he was worried about Michelle's physical game because on Survivor, apparently she failed a couple of challenges around that. She wasn't great at it. And from what we've seen so far this season, she's, she was awesome in this one. I don't think she embarrassed herself in the second or first one. And it maybe it isn't as big a gap in her game. And we know her mental and social game is fantastic. We know you love her, Levi. That's why I thought you were going to start hating Emmanuel by the end of this episode, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, Emmanuel, I, 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 <laughs> Emmanuel he wishes you well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, 
Michelle was very, very intriguing from the start of this show, and I'm very, very excited to see what happens to her next. Yes. Jake, actually, that's the point. Do you think she's being say, teed up? But... She's yeah, getting sorry, a big edit, isn't she, Jake? She's getting a <laughs> yeah. big edit. I, she's getting a big edit, and also, Levi, I need you to back off a little bit, because she's Michelle's mine. Okay. <laughs> Let's be I, honest, she's, she's neither <laughs> of ours. I know. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> She is one of those people that so I'm very familiar with both of her Survivor seasons. I, she is excellent. Um, she, to me, I knew she was going to do well in the challenge because she's not a great fit. Like she's not somebody who's like a Jenny West in terms of strength, you know, and physical. That's not what she's bringing to the challenge. But what she's, she has this ability to pick up on things quickly, no matter what it is, whether it's social cues, whether it's what she's doing. Um, in a challenge, whether it's where, how to swim with these waves, right? And how to maneuver her body in the water. She just picks up on things quickly. She's a competitor similar to Ed, winners win. And she knows how to win. She knows how to navigate her way to the end. And Michelle in just so many different ways, I think is impressing me that if she's not in the final this season or something along those lines, I do think they are setting her edit up to be a returnee. And that makes me extremely happy, right? I think it's one of the two. She's either going to go far in this game or they're giving her enough focus that it's like, hey, we want you to remember her because we want her to come back. And I'm really hopeful that that's the way because I have loved her and she's received a strong, strong edit so far. Very strong. And it's interesting you say that winners win because if there's anyone that knows a lot about winning, it's the man that had his ass out for half of the challenge. CT, just, yeah, just, just, just have my ass out, but you'd think that in in a in a game of four where one person's ass is out, he'd get all the attention. No, no, because at some point Tommy lost his shorts and everything was out. He emerges from the water just for <laughs> dump, uh, as uh, one of our redditors is named, um, just penis out, just swinging back and forth um, while he's trying to deactivate that bomb. I've got um I've got a few uh, quotes from the cast on their. Uh, on their first view of a little T. Um, Tasha, how do I get blindfolded? I'm not supposed to see this. Corey, I've seen more of a redhead than I ever want to see in my life. Esther, I really love Esther, by the way. Uh, maybe he just wanted to be free. Some people like to swim like that. Um, and Huey, um, shall I do it in the accent? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Huey, this is my favorite challenge ever. Not only is this not only is this a show, it's also a dinner. I'm starting to really love the challenge. I'm so happy. I'm happy I came now. <laughs> I'm wondering what he meant by I'm happy I came now. Anyway, joking right. aside. I, I'm wondering that it's dinner. Like, who eats sausage with two pieces of cake? <laughs> <laughs> Meat and two veg. Nice, healthy, balanced oh, dinner. That's better. <laughs> Are <laughs> um, you calling CT's ass a sweet potato? <laughs> oh, um, joking aside, though, uh, Tommy collapses after the mission and medical has to help him while he throws up uh, and lies unconscious on the rocks naked. Um, he doesn't remember the ending of the competition, but thankfully he does have some kind of census there because he does ask for some pants. Um, and then when he comes back over the hill, he's a very lucky man because he can see five Devons. Um, but he's got a lot of trouble balancing. We later find out this is a concussion. How, where did he get the concussion? And how on earth did he finish that challenge with a concussion and no clothes on? So I think I have an idea how he got it. Okay. There's, a, there's a reason in contact sports you wear a gum shield and it's not to protect your teeth. It's mm. to stop your bottom jaw going into your top jaw. 
um, and that sends reverberations, vibrations, sends shockwaves through your head, and that gives you a concussion. I think he had his mouth open when he lands in the waves, and when he clamped his jaw, and then how he finished, I I reckon we all got the same answer, right? Full of adrenaline, you would be after a gift jump, yeah. like really impressive performance. We should give him some credit here. And yes. Levi, you should give him some credit because you've been rude about Tommy in the last two episodes. No, I no, I didn't. Tommy. I've not been rude about him. I said that I don't like him, but I don't know why I don't like him. We know why That's you don't like him. Rude. It's because he's, clo- he's close to Michelle and you're jealous. It sounds like Jake's <laughs> now on your list as well. <laughs> uh, but but um, one question I do have in all of this, how did he lose his underwear? Right. Oh, Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. So Let's I, get some editing logic on this. <laughs> <laughs> if it helps, it's happened to me. Okay, no, go, for it. go ahead. It, 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 it happens really easily. If you're if you're wear if you're wearing ill-fitting shorts or they're not quite right, and you hang on to the back of a jet ski, I haven't done it from a jet ski, but I fell off a banana boat grabbed my brother and was being dragged behind the banana boat for ages. Very, very fun activity. Very nice bonding session. Really helps my brother is fucking hench. Um, so when when but, you say banana boat, is that a euphemism? Uh, my, mine's not a banana. <laughs> it's, it's significantly Anyway, anyway. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you brought it up. Um, but yeah, uh, it's the friction of the water. As you're getting dragged through, your shorts just come down. Um, it it oh. happens... It happens to the best of us, like Tommy, and it happens to the worst of us, like me. Do you know what else comes down and it comes crashing down? Is uh, <laughs> Tasha and Jeremiah's performance in this challenge. They basically got DQ'd for shitting the bed because Tasha tried to drown Jeremiah. Um, now, uh, I think straight away we all thought this rookie, rookie team is going to put yeah. a huge target on uh, their back. Um, side note, just before we talk about Jeremiah and Tasha's performance, Bettina did really well. Yeah. I was surprised by that. She actually kept up with Corey. And then you could tell in the last second when she put it the wrong way, you know, he snapped a little bit, but she kept up. I mean, she's been quiet outside that laugh, but she hasn't shown us anything negative about her game or any. The only thing we have is her laugh and that she's actually done decently in the challenges. Well, seals are used to water, aren't they? <laughs> um, so yeah, Tasha and Jeremiah, did you think that was awful, that performance? Yeah, it was yeah. not pretty. And and instantly, even this was the first time we hear from Casey in a while. And Casey gives us this confessional that's essentially like explaining exactly you what message me about happening. this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first Casey becomes out of this is literally the first time we hear from her since the previous episode, actually since the confessional where she's blushing about Nani. That's the only time we've heard from her. And she actually explained it pretty well. She said that if you're a rookie rookie team who already has a target on their back and you perform poorly in the challenge, that naturally is going to put a target on your back even more. So as soon as she said that, and we had some sort of confirmation to, in my mind, I was like, they're either going to be the house vote or called out by the winners. Um, and that, that was, that was quickly setting them up to be in that position. So then, then for me, it became a game of, okay, whose edits do they beat and whose edits do they lose to? What's the situation there? So um, yeah, as soon as they said that is again, they're just planting seeds, planting seeds. And when you're thinking about edits, let's now edit the whole thing into a montage for the middle of the road uh, teams. Um, one thing I got to say was Esther's little scream at the beginning of this montage was really cute. Uh, again, yes. absolutely uh, love Esther. 
Um, now, they basically did the rest of them in this montage, except for the final team that had to go on their own because there's an odd number of teams. Um, Kyle and Amanda. Here comes the K-Dog because we didn't talk about him last week. Uh, and this is the other team that we absolutely love because we are horrendously biased on this podcast. Um, I just love that Kyle is so scared and basically just doesn't jump and just looks at TJ and is like, I don't want to do it. And then I love the way that Amanda's like, I- I'm a mum at home. I didn't want to be a mum here, especially with a child that I don't want and want to hit. <laughs> that was that uh, it's not quite line of the episode because there's a brilliant one from Devin later on which had me in stitches because it was so out of the blue this was top three of line of the episode this had me actually cracking up but th- th- this is oh. another pair that we want to stay together forever yeah. yes whole season whole season please please I want them to be the other side of my aunt and uncle um, I, I want <laughs> Huey and Ashley and I want Carl and Amanda I need a really sensible parent or I'm really in trouble. <laughs> Those would be some um, fun family barbecues. Yeah, they would. Do you know what I love, though? It's like... Tommy can even... bring the sausages. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm not going to comment that. Um, do, you know, do you know what I love as well, though? It's like they quite obviously had a really bad performance and then they get the, um, the active bombs on the deactivation podium and they're just absolutely pissing themselves with laughter. Like, I just imagine that they're both having so much fun. And then Carl just looks at Amanda and goes, another shining moment in Carl's challenge career. (laughs) (laughs) We need teams like that. We do. Jake, does does Edget go as deep as looking at, like, number of confessionals versus tone of those confessionals? So Kyle taking the piss out of himself constantly. Does that lead to a conclusion or is it just based on screen time? It, it does lead to confusion. So um, it's not only confessionals. And Tommy was a good example of this from episode one. He only had one confessional. And I had him as complex because of the survivor scenes. He explained how he was going to do that. So with only one confessional, he was still complex as opposed to Priscilla, who had six. But she didn't really say anything of value other mm-hmm. than what was narrating. So Kyle Kyle had some image. Kyle was fun this uh, this episode. And with Kyle, with his confessionals, I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt just because of how like funny and how over the top he goes. That um, it's almost like you don't want to read too much into them because he kind of sets himself up for failure like a lot, right? Uh, like he s- describes, like he does that, like exactly like you said, he's like another shining moment in Kyle's challenge history. Right? So he, he sets himself up quite a bit. Kyle seems like one of those human beings that you just can't embarrass like when like you're having lad banter and you're trying to like embarrass him in front of his girlfriend or whatever or his parents it's impossible because he'll tell the story before you do (laughs) do you you remember what Devin says in one of the pre-season interviews it's like don't come at me and Kyle because we will just make fun of you till you go viral in all the wrong ways it's a really good summary of how they play the game (laughs) I would if I was in the house with Kyle and I had an embarrassing moment. I would tell everyone before Kyle found it out and told everyone about me because it's just the safest, it's the safest option. Um, and, you know, the thing about this challenge is you have to win it to guarantee your safety. Right. There you go, George. Uh, thank you for teeing me up there. Um, and <laughs> that's a new thing we're doing every week. I really like that. <laughs> and uh, shall I have like a bat so I can just bring it out? Cricket bat because we're British. Um, so, yeah, so... Now that Carl and Amanda have spectacularly um, 
made a pig's ear of this um, this challenge um, to all of our entertainment and the entertainment of their own. That means that all of the teams have gone. So TJ tells us the two fastest teams were separated by less than one second. I'm guessing Carl and Amanda aren't one of them. Uh, but only one team can be George's favourite thing, the agency. Power couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You little shitbag. <laughs> so, well, well done. Tell Kyle so he can embarrass me. <laughs> um, so let's head down to TJ and find out which pair won. Great challenge today, agents. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. The top two teams were separated by less than a second. But the fastest team of the day and our new agency was Ed and Tori. Yes! I'm so excited, but I'm gonna be honest with you, Ed is the real win here, and it was an honor to be picked by such a great athlete. I'm excited to see what we do with our power. Coriel and Michelle got second. So Ed and Tori win, and Tori gives Ed a lot of credit. This is a very um, Ed, highly edited episode, isn't it? From yes. bef even before this challenge. So in your head, based on your logic, who did you think was going to win this challenge? George, why are you laughing? I'm really disappointed you didn't go, this is a highly edited podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm so annoyed at myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, based on your logic, who did you think would win this mission? This one, um, I was leaning towards either Tori or Ed and Corey L and Michelle. Uh, well, I knew Corey L and Michelle wouldn't, but those were the teams that went the fastest. So I was leaning towards um, Tori and Ed just because they had finished first in their heat and they had received the most focus. Um, but I thought Casey, or no, it wasn't Casey and Emmanuel, but who else was in their heat? Um, there was somebody else in their heat, but Truthfully, I didn't have a great grasp of who was going to win the challenge. I, this episode shocked me in a lot of different ways. And I'm sure that in this next section, we'll talk about it a lot. But this episode threw me for a loop a little bit. Um, and as you said, Corey Lay and Michelle were second. George, how much would that have changed the game if they'd won it? I was really hoping they would have won. Uh, just because I, the fact, we've talked about this before, the fact that Vets got some time to war game the rest of the series and talk about it on their phone and come with their plan of action mm -hmm. i really really want a rookie rookie team to win early just to slightly unbalance the power dynamic because mm -hmm. otherwise you can jake probably you know you can probably almost see where this season is going if something doesn't happen with either a betrayal or a rookie rookie team winning to shake up that i just want i want that little bit of chaos that Huey and Ashley give me all the time, but I want the chaos in the game as well. Yeah, and it feels like at this point, the show is setting up to be for the next two or three episodes to be two more rookies eliminated, then two more rookies eliminated, then two more rookies eliminated. And that's got to stop at some point, right? And so yeah. I, I'm with you. I want a rookie, rookie team to win, or I almost wish that Tori took a shot because I want something to something to break this up a little bit, either to save the rookie purge that's happening. I'm with you. And we'll talk about what Tori did a little bit later in the episode. But one thing I just want to point out is that Devin turns to a new best friend, Josh, and our best friend, George, Amber, um, and basically says, you were third, no doubt. And if Devin says it, 
it must be true. Um, so with that, they head back to the headquarters to scramble before deliberation happens. Uh, and one thing that we're noticing, Big T, uh, and we, she's mentioned it before in the episode, she is worried after what she did to Tori last season, putting her up against Anissa, that Tori's going to be out for revenge. And this kind of makes sense because Tori, Anissa and Devon are having a chat. Well, Anissa doesn't say anything. She's just sitting there. Um, and Tori basically says, look, 14 vets, 14 rookies. The rookies are doing what we want. I don't really trust Big T, so I want to take a shot. Um, Devon, thank God, is there because he says, no, Early, yeah. you need to stick to the plan, get rid of the rookies first before the inevitable vets versus vets game. Um, thank God I for love- Devon. Yeah, also, I love the way he phrased it, though, until the real war begins, and that got me giddy for the back mm-hmm. half of the season, because, yes. like, it's going to be like when Game of Thrones was good, and you have the shit houses get taken out early, and then finally you get the big players you want to see yes. go for it. Levi probably doesn't watch Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, seriously, do you watch anything other than the challenge? I respect you for it, by the way. Sport. Uh, oh, yeah, fair enough, actually. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it was... I'm glad Devin stepped in here because I want Big T to stick around a bit longer because we saw what she can do when she gets a bit of time and I want to give her another opportunity to do that because when she shakes up the game, it's very, very entertaining. Those were two of the best episodes of Double Agents when she was in power. And as stats and number guys, I think you two will love this because Devin crunches the numbers. We all know Devin loves crunching the numbers and he thinks that and he this is how he pronounces it so have we been pronouncing it wrong for three weeks Emmanuel Emmanuel yeah. Devin thinks that Emmanuel is uh is a threat and he's also worried about Bertha um because he thinks she's weird and he doesn't like her um but in, in theory he he thinks uh Emmanuel is the best rookie there do we agree I don't feel it's been edited like that uh Jake you're definitely the person to go to for this yeah, I Emmanuel is number one on my contender list right now. And it's oh. it's very early in the season, right? So like everything should be taken with a grain of salt. But I think that his edit has been portrayed very well, mainly because of Devin, actually. Devin is giving us a lot of that second person visibility. This is the second episode in a row where we've heard about how strong of a competitor he is. And then we also hear the thing where Devin says, I feel like he knows the game much better then he's leading on, right, in that same confessional, I believe. And Devin has shown to be a reliable narrator. What he says so far in the season has been accurate. So if Devin is saying to watch out for this guy, Emmanuel, I'm thinking I got to watch out for this guy, Emmanuel, right? I think that, and then you also, I'll, I'll stop ranting in a second, but the also the very first episode, He's the one of the only players who gets to comment and explain why they chose the partner they chose. And he shows really good game awareness in every scene that we're seeing from Emmanuel. He's aware of what's going on in the game. And that's not what we see from the other rookies like Gabo or Jeremiah. Even Coriel has shown to be a little whiny in some things. Emmanuel has shown that he knows why he's there and he knows the strategy that he needs to apply. At least that's what I'm interpreting so far. Um, I really like his edit. you know i said last week uh there's a clip in the trailer but they won't tell you who it is he's been in the top three every week and he gets the game he's dangerous that's the clip that we saw in this episode that's the one i shouted out that's definitely emmanuel so Mm -hmm. finally something i've said this season this season has aged well because i predicted kels to win um (laughs) that didn't work but i 
I, I think he's he's not quite like Ed because we haven't seen enough yet, but I haven't seen anything Emmanuel would be bad at yet. Yeah. So I think he is dangerous. And and that's the thing, as you say, he, he's all-rounded. And as Jake, you said, Emmanuel, as I'm going to call him from now on, um, he he's very aware. And do you know who's not aware? Because he's got a massive fucking concussion. Tommy. Um, he returns to the house with his uh, with his glasses on because unfortunately it's time to pack the bags because he has received the medical DQ. Um, very sad moment for all, especially Michelle and Big T. They're very sad. Um, I really like, you know how I said I didn't like Tommy and I don't know why? I like him now because he had that lovely pep talk with Big T when she goes, what am I going to do without yeah. you? And he goes, you're going to get on that treadmill because yeah. you're going to think that I'm telling you to get on that treadmill. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's really sad seeing anyone go home for for medical reasons. Um, obviously, we've already had Nam go home for reasons we won't discuss on the podcast um, to do with medical reasons. Um, and now we've had Tommy. Obviously, someone else went home last week, but I, I don't even know who she is. Um, it, it's a shame because I think the Survivor crew, the Tommy, Michelle, Michaela, they had high hopes for. Yes. Um, I mean, what do you, you obviously have done the edic for Survivor. Is Tommy a recent winner? Tommy is. So Tommy was a, uh, not the most recent season, but the second most recent season he won. He's one of the few seasons I haven't seen. So I wasn't super familiar with him. Um, Tommy was actually one of the areas where I was super wrong on this season so far. I really liked his episode one edit. And I actually got some, some criticism that he only had one confessional and all this. And I thought they were setting him up to be smart and aware and giving him random confessionals. Um, and I was, I was wrong. So I'm, I'm hoping that that means they were setting him up to come back maybe, but I don't know if that's the case. Um, but yeah, I, Tommy was an interesting one. And I, I, like you said, with the interview with the conversation with big T it showed a side of him that I was like, man, I like this guy. I like this guy. I always put a lot of weight as well on like, the kind of digital stuff that the challenge do like you know who they put as their profile photos but also who they get on the challenge aftermath with the wonderful Devin Simone and he was on it this week which does make me think that he is someone that they're going to bring back um and yeah unfortunately he's, also, he's got go on George so, sorry he's also apparently a massive challenge fan uh like apparently he's watched every season before they called him um and I just like I like it when rookies go in with game tape on the others and no like one i don't get why most don't do it but he i just like it when rookies seem smart i think it gives you more of that chance to, like so frank was obviously had some problematic personality traits but he was smart and he did some. a very okay frank had 95 percent problematic personality traits but he shook up the game and made the season quite interesting and the moments that were interesting about the seasons revolved around him and I think Tommy was like a non-problematic Frank and yeah. it would have been really interesting to see what he would have done with a bit more time and unfortunately he has now gone home which is a real shame because I've said throughout this season how much I really like him um <laughs> you George however have said horrible things like you said <laughs> no, about Nanny piss uh, off last you've done season. the for Nanny you're not doing it about me about Tommy as well <laughs> Tommy's Tommy's pre 
um, season chat with Wes as well was one of the best bits yes. of the build up of all yes. time. Like I thought that was absolutely hilarious. And I want them on a season together. That's a new rivals, ginger rivals. That'll be <laughs> fucking brilliant. Um, and there is a rivalry that's a brewing, which started last season, which is the Tory and Big T rivalry. And uh, Big T is worried going into nominations. And as they head into the nomination room, and the uh, TJ video plays, which is the exact same TJ video as the last two weeks. Um, yet the challengers <laughs> still seem quite transfixed on it, almost as if they've never seen it before. Um, Tori decides to congratulate everyone on a hard challenge, um, which is followed up by Ashley saying that they're not here to compliment each other. Let's just get on with it and throw someone in, leading to Huey with, with what I feel is the line of the episode. Do you want me to do it in the accent? Yes, obviously. Jesus Christ, Cruella. <laughs> um, that, was, uh, that was line of the episode. That had me absolutely busting a gut laughing. He, he actually had another one like of the same vein a bit earlier on when they all came back from uh, the layer where Devin, Devin's like, number one draft pick's back and you just hear Huey go, shut up, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's having those little like three word banter things with everyone. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's when you can tell that he feels comfortable. Um, and obviously, um, you know, veteran of 27 seasons, Josh says that if you think you're in trouble, it's time to speak up and straight away putting themselves in the firing line is Tasha and Jeremiah um, saying that they know they're in danger and they're ready to go if they're voted in. Should they have kept quiet and let it be a bit of a kind of, do we go for that rookie rookie team or the Corey and Michelle rookie rookie team? Or do you think they did the right thing just, just speaking out? George? So what's, your, what's always been your take on how to handle a, limit, uh, a deliberation device? Act like you're not there. Yeah, exactly. And I think the... Uh, Power couple. Um, I find it <laughs> did it quite well to make someone speak up, but they, they almost forced Tasha and Jeremiah, Jeremiah to speak up here, didn't they? Like, was it them or was it veteran of seventy-eight seasons, Josh? Sorry, actually, it was uh, Josh is actually playing quite a good game. It's very baffling but very interesting. It's annoying. I don't like it. I want it to stop. <laughs> but do you know why it is? Let's remember who his new best friend is. The number one Basically, draft pick. Number one draft pick, Devin Walker. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is Devin's mouth. playing a bit of chess, and now Josh is a clever. Well, to be fair, though, we saw this with... It's a good point. We saw this with Fessy last week. He used Josh as his mouthpiece. Is Devin also doing that in a sneaky 100%. way? 100%. Yeah. Because the number one draft pick, Devin Walker, <laughs> is a fucking genius. <laughs> I was going to say that is literally Josh thinks, and remember, I'm being positive about this. <laughs> Sorry, Josh thinks. I call bullshit on that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me finish the sentence. I just wanted to preface the whole I'm being positive on Josh. So Josh thinks that he's like leading the charge at the moment. But actually what's happening is he is a human shield for the Fessies and the Devons of the world who are having these ideas, but they know that if they tell Josh, Josh wants it to be his idea. So Josh is literally just throwing himself out there, putting himself in the firing line and then coming off doing the, doing the Conor McGregor, Billy Strzok <laughs> thinking, yep, I did that. Whereas Devon's sitting there in the corner, stroking the cat. 
because he's the <laughs> real evil genius here. And that's a clip. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, let's get let's get back to that. The human shield. I think that Devin is just he's playing a smart game right now, and he's also he's being edited in a way like he's never we've never seen him before. Even in Double Agents, when he was giving us the strategic type of commentary, which he was, he was doing it from a position of I know I'm fucked, so I'm just I'm I'm going out balls to the wall, right? And that's what we were hearing from him. We were here, and I think that was partially because of the position he was in, but partially because that's what was going to happen to him last season is he was going to lose to Darrell ultimately. And that's, you know, how he would go home. Um, This season, I'm struggling to see why Devin shouldn't be my leading contender. Right. And it's the same reason for the big T, you know, I need to see something for the endurance, but from a game perspective, we are seeing everything through Devin's eyes. Right. And can I just ask when you say leading contender, do you actually mean, Number one draft pick. <laughs> I, I, dude, it sounds crazy, right? But like the edit is portraying him. And I, I mentioned this in my last wife. I don't, I can't say that I think he's going to be, he's going to win yet. We just haven't seen it endurance wise or anything. But I think he'll be at this point, it's too early to make any predictions. But if anyone is being set up for the final, I think that Tori is. And I think that Devin almost is too, because we're seeing it through his eyes. And I think that figuring out who wins, if it is not him, will be important to see what he's talking about because so far in episode one, two, and three, we hear about the vet Alliance and how they're going to operate through Devin in episode two. We hear him explain why Kells is a threat, not Josh who's ex or Fessy who's executing the move. It's Devin explaining that Kells's brain and leadership is why he's a threat. And then in this episode, we hear him calm down Tori. We hear him explain his reasoning as to why he would put certain people in like, Devin is getting scary good content that makes me believe that he is going to, we're going to navigate this game through Devin's eyes, which is like a weird thing to say, but it's it's really, that's how it's being shown right now. And what Devin also has is Devin now has his own little segment in the nominations, which Mm -hmm. I like to call the Devin Walker, if not you, then who segment. Devin, put that on a t-shirt. Um, yes. And he says it to uh, Tasha and Jeremiah, if not you, then who? Now, last week, um, Kells froze when Devin said that. This week, fair play to Tasha, because she straight yes. away said Michelle and Corey Lay, which I thought, you know, everyone would be like, like Corey and Michelle would be like, yeah, fair play. Because Michelle was like that. She was like, fair play, we're yeah. the only other rookie, rookie team. Corey Lay takes this really, really personally. Mm-hmm. He did that the first time he got thrown in as well, though, didn't he? Because they chucked him down and he said, um, oh, so I'm here for no reason. I wasn't even a part of that argument, right? Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty on character. I do sympathise with him, though. Like, you must be frustrated to have been thrown in once and then constantly be, I think he was talked about last week, and then get thrown in and then get talked about again. Yeah, but Jay was like that on Total Madness, and he just was just like, fine, throw me in. I'm going to beat you, then I'm going to beat you, then I'm going to beat you. That's the attitude you need to have. Then he calls out Rogan as well, actually, in his last one, which I did yeah. really enjoy. Right. Not a great idea when you're giving up about 120 pounds to someone, but still brave. Um, but I, I respect the move from Tasha. Like, if your literal only aim is to save yourself, you go for the next lowest hanging fruit, right? 
that, that that's the only option. The reason I was annoyed Kells didn't call out someone bigger is he could have called someone out bigger. The thing is, I think the only person he could have called out would have been Jeremiah. Josh. Oh, Kells Jeremiah or Kells? Because for the if if not you, then who segment last week? If Kells was going for another rookie rookie team, it would have been Jeremiah and Tasha. And as much as I'd have loved to see Kells versus Jeremiah in a headbanger, I don't know if that's your best thing to do is to go, okay, I'm going to go against the other rookie who is the same size as me. I think that this debate that we're having kind of shows that like the, if not you, then who is not only a genius line, but it's also one of the best game moves that you can make in my opinion, because as somebody who's asked that question, It's like, pick your poison. Am I going to say another name and then by definition, put a target on my back? And I think that's why Kells didn't say another name is because he didn't want anybody to be have a reason to come back on him and all this. Like there's that thought is in your head. And, but if you don't say someone else's name, you're putting in a position where you're the only candidate. And so it's like the ultimate game move by Devin, because it's a sneaky way of saying, Hey, show your cards or you're going in. But if you show your cards, we're going to find another reason to throw you in anyways. And it's like, it's a sneaky, tricky game move because somebody, it's a question that during deliberation, it's going to come up. If not you, then who's, who's the other option? But if you answer it, it, like you could be doing more damage to your game than you originally intended. You're right. It's literally Devin chucking grenades left, right, and center, right. isn't it? Right. Is it almost, it's almost, you, you phrased it better than I will, but it's like a no-win scenario. Right. You he's weakening everyone else's position yes. in the game exactly and he's Except the one on, where he's the, there's a weird concept where like if you're the one answering the question and someone answers you you're in the position of power and it right. doesn't work one week it won't work two if he keeps doing it mm-hmm. and he'll and he will keep doing it because he'll find a way that it just because oh it's devin's line someone will right. yeah. up for that but, eventually puts him in a very it, very strong position to be like don't even consider me. I get to see who you'll go, who you want to go up against. Right. But do you know what it also seems to do? And I don't quite understand how, but it seems to garner him more and more respect from the room. Mm. Right. Because it's like the people that are meant to be chairing this whole thing are the, uh, the agency power couple. Right. Um, but re- re- really what's happening is Devin is chairing this whole thing. He lets Josh think that he's chairing it at the beginning. But if Devin's not hearing all the things that he wants to hear to throw in the people that need to be into a worrying position, he then steers it with the, if not you, then who? And then also with the, well, you know, we'd be, we'd be hard pressed not to realize that Tommy's not standing behind big T right now. So let's not Mm -hmm. rule out. It's going to be a girls only elimination. Um, and then there's an interesting moment where Josh says to Big T, I think you should probably speak now. And she says, no, because if I speak, I'm going to blow up. Mm. You know, he, he is the chairman. He's <laughs> number one draft pick, Devon Walker. He's getting so many nicknames this season. <laughs> I've just come up with so many more T-shirt lines for the We Are Devon T-shirts. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would actually buy, if not you, then who? Same, me too. Just, just I would pay Devin. shipping. Yeah. With- <laughs> It's getting made in your country, like it's where Devin's from. But I just want Devin's. What's the line Gabby says about him last year? I want Devin's punchable face here, and if not who, then who here? Actually, that makes a good tattoo. And then just Corey's Corey lays sad face at the at the back. 
<laughs> um, oh, now, poor Corey. <laughs> um, now, Big T, who's trying to just remain calm during this whole situation, then gets poked by the bear that is Tory Deal, uh, basically saying, look, if you're having conversations in the house, people hear it, it gets back to people. And Big T's just like, look, I'm fed up of this. Why do people just think I'm plotting because I'm friends with people? And then I really love the way that she was like, Amanda and Ashley, your best friends. Anissa and Tori, your best friends. Blah, 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 blah. Your, or was it Casey and Nanny, your best friends? Um, your and cl- then your close was the way that, that she that described that. Uh, I felt quite <laughs> Well but worried, then, big team. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good thing today to, to say um, until Tori comes out with half joking, but half a bit serious of, and you know what you do to best friends? You throw them into elimination against each other. I, I thought that was hilarious. Like, good commentary from Tori. And then you cut to Casey saying, Tori doesn't think it before she speaks. And you're like, yeah. But, That's why she'll always be more entertaining than you on this show. Like, this is where just I, like, good. I want more of that crap. This is where I want to come to Jake, because this is the second time Casey's had a what the audience are thinking um, confessional. So the first one is obviously the Tasha and Jeremiah shutting the bed on the uh, challenge. And the second one is Casey saying, you know, Tori's getting a bit big for her boots, which is, you know, have I've kind of been saying this the last couple of seasons, haven't mm-hmm. I, George, that, you know, yeah. Tori came in originally, she was this, she was like a female Ed when she first came in. Right, yeah. And good. then she had a really good first season and, you know, she she got the podcast with Anissa and things like that. And it's almost like she thinks she's this kind of queen of the challenge. I don't know. Um, what do you think about the kind of Casey confessionals there and and this Tory situation Tory is an interesting one to me and I I've wrote this in my write I actually I'm with you guys personally I'm not her biggest fan I think I don't I dislike her or anything but I she I wrote this in my write on a scale of Josh to Amanda she's much closer to Josh than she is to Amanda I'm a huge Amanda fan and with Tory I think that the edit that she's received over the past few seasons is far different than the one she's receiving this season. But even this season, like that Casey confessional is, uh, in my mind, was accurate. I loved the line, Tori, but it's like, just save that for when you and Big T are talking alone, right? Like, you don't need to say that in front of the house and like in a passive aggressive, half joking, but like, you know, I'm serious way. I thought it was interesting. And for Casey, I actually think that this episode kind of brought some breathed life into her edit because she reminds us that while boring, she's very game aware. And Mm -hmm. that Casey, despite being probably one of the least entertaining people in challenge history, knows how to make it to the final in this game. And she just reminded us of that, right? In both confessionals in this episode, she reminded us that, hey, we might not be seeing her a lot, but she knows exactly what is going on. And... um... You know, the way to get to the final is not to be eliminated. And the way not to be eliminated is not to be voted into elimination. Mm -hmm. Uh, George, it's time for your new favourite part of the show based on last week. And uh, my least favourite, because it's a balls to edit uh, on the video pod. Um, Thanks to the Challenge Aftermath with the wonderful Devin Simone. It is time to see the votes. So Tasha and Jeremiah are the compromised agents. But let's see who everybody voted for. This was cool last week. Also, I've not seen this yet. Is it also cool this week, though, George? Oh, mate, this will always be cool. 
Um, not just, not for the audio listeners, it's not. So why don't I go through everything for the audio listeners? So Tasha and Jeremiah, I'm such gonna... a lovely host. <laughs> <laughs> Tasha and Jeremiah, I'm not going to go through who everyone voted for until the end because they obviously got the most. So um, voting for Big T and Tommy, aka just Big T, was Burner and Big T. Now Big T said on the challenge aftermath, the reason that she burned a vote on herself was because she wasn't going to vote for Tasha. Um, then voting for Michelle and Corey Lay are Esther and Tasha. Well, Tasha was always going to do it. She said that she was going to, and Esther and Tasha are closed from Big Brother Nigeria. Um, voting for Esther and Fessy was Fessy. I think he knew they weren't in danger, so makes sense to burn himself. Uh, voting for Ashley and Huey are Huey and Logan. Um, I although <laughs> I liked, I I really I I really hope that like. Huey did it by accident. And after he'd done it, he's like, what's going on with this tablet? Why have I voted for myself? I didn't mean to do that. Ashley, I promise. Shut up, Huey. Um, <laughs> I really um, want that as my ringtone, by the way. <laughs> Shut up, Huey. <laughs> uh, well, you want that more than power couple. Um, and then Significantly. Voting for Anissa and Logan was Jeremiah. That's probably a burn vote. And uh, Priscilla voted for Amanda and Josh. When they showed this on the Challenge Aftermath with the wonderful Devin Simone, Nellie T was like, she lied to me again. Because <laughs> um, obviously they're meant to be partners. So let me quickly run down the Tasha and Jeremiah thing. Uh, so they were voted by Amanda, Amber, Anissa, Ashley, Bettina, <gasps> CT, Corey L, Corey, Devin, Emmanuel, Emmy, uh, whose real name is Andrea, uh, Garbo, Josh, Casey, Kyle, Michelle, Nanny, and Nelson. You're still on screen, George. Um, do we have any shocks there? Um, I, don't have sh I don't have shocks. I have a question, though. You know, last week, Emmanuel, though, sorry, how do you say his name, Levi? Emmanuel, according to Devon, and Devon is right. I will, I will never be able to do that. But do we now think he knew what he was doing? Do you think he understood the concept of a burn boat? So he chucked it on himself. So that thing that looked stupid last week kind of plays into Jake's point about him knowing how the game's working. Potentially, because other people have done it this week. Yeah, that's the one I'm trying to work out. Like, Do you, th do you think they're all worried that either one, at some point, it's going to someone... be like last year where the votes get revealed, yeah. or yeah. two... They know that the people standing in the back row can see what who the people in the front row are voting for and therefore don't want to get themselves in trouble. I think it's the first option. I think by like right, week right. five or six, they'll probably realise that there's going to be no repercussions and that will make voting very interesting. But it was three weeks in last season until they found out you could see who voted. We're only three weeks in this season. So... I think they're probably still a bit nervous about what they vote coming to the public eye, potentially. I think that also, and I'm making this assumption as a fan, it's been a while since we've had a season that was more than one person eliminated at a time. Um, and even Final Reckoning had the uh, Redemption House, right? And so, um, oh, I know, which sorry. was miserable. I know. No, I'm with you. Um, but, <laughs> I'm sorry, one, Natalie and Paulie got eliminated about eight times that eight season times. and yeah. still yeah. got to the final. If they had won, I would have revolted. Um, but <laughs> no, no, it was, it's been a while. So in my, especially with War of the World Ones, War of the Worlds One, which is the most comparable season to this, I wouldn't be surprised if, because I'm honestly expecting some sort of major twist to happen because we know it's a 19 episode season 
And can they send home two players per episode and still stretch 19 episodes out of it? That I did this math. I did this math earlier. Mm. You can't. Okay. You, right. You you get to 14. Right. And then let's remember do... though, we'll potentially have two situations. I reckon where we're going to have like two episodes in a row where there's a drama thing that happens and therefore we won't get an elimination until the second episode. I think we'll get right. that twice. Even if you get that twice though, you're still short a couple of eliminations, right? Mm. And um, um, so I don't know, you know, like I'm, I'm anticipating, I'm thinking maybe does the steal your partner single eliminations from double agents come back or is it a full war of the world situation where it goes to single player game? Like I... I don't know, but I'm wondering if the players are anticipating something like that too, because sending home two pairs at a time is faster than they've been eliminating players in the past few seasons. And I don't know if that lasts. And I think that's the thing is you've always got to be on your toes and you've always got to be thinking on the challenge and you have always got to be anticipating. And one person that That is is very much anticipating um, (laughs) getting thrown into elimination is Big T. So she approaches Tori after the nominations and she says, look, can we have a talk outside? Kyle is waiting. I love that Kyle is waiting. Like, I can imagine Kyle, Kyle I imagine Kyle was sitting there on the chair and Big T and, um, and Tori came out for the conversation and Big T said, Kyle, thanks for being here for this conversation. And Kyle went, what conversation? I'm just, I'm just chilling. Um, so basically, um, he uh tori and big t have this conversation where carl's playing the mediator that doesn't want to be there for the beginning um and big t says look i understand why you might want to put me into elimination tori says she's weighed it up and it's best for her because there's a chance she'll say big t's name because there's no reason to say anyone else's name and she doesn't want to get blood in her hands and all of that and then carl says something interesting he says look tori if you say big t's name and he uses some very interesting language which maybe i'm overthinking he says is the truce over? Now we've heard about Vet Alliance, but uh, Carl says truce twice in this bit. There's a big difference between an alliance and a truce. An alliance is a group of people working together. A truce is a group of people that have set their issues aside for the greater good. This isn't an alliance. This is a convenient truce where someone is gonna fire the first shot at some point and shit is going to hit the fan. Kyle is a fucking genius because he has given us that. Hasn't he, Jake? Educate for me. He has. And that was, that was, um, those are the type of confessionals where like, they don't give you those unless they're setting up a storyline, right? And like, it makes sense. The vets can't keep this up. I, Kyle, give it to me. I want, I'm excited for the blow up. I'm ready. Because he knows that if Big T gets thrown in, it's going to open up pandora's box Mm -hmm. and what's in pandora's box shit and it's going to jump out and hit the fan now um whilst whilst tori is continuing to just overplay this game and letting the power go to her head she goes to speak to tasha and jeremiah um she says she wants them to come back who do you want to go against this is a very important part based on the editing for what we see later um because tasha says michelle she's already said michelle's name in the deliberation so she may as well tell tori she wants michelle because then she gets left blood in her hands because she's already throwing Michelle's name out in public. Tori says, look, I'll, I'll do my best to make that happen. Well, you can obviously do it because all the vets control their rookie partners. Um, and she shakes Tasha's hand. Um, but I do love the bit where Tasha goes, um, I thought, I've always thought Tori was fake, but maybe I'm wrong here. Um, which again, 
that editing setting up for something later, Jake. Mm, yep, yep. <laughs> um, and speaking of some editing, deciding to just set something up that hasn't really been alluded to that much uh, in the episode, except during Noe T's boot camp. Uh, Bertha, aka Berna, she's feeling very scared of the unknown about whether or not she's going in. Um, but I just love this moment, like. Nelson it just says, look, I'll do all that I can to help you. And Corey just goes, yeah, Nelly will put himself into elimination for you. He does that. That's his thing. <laughs> that was great. My, my kids are on MTV payroll, but he still did it. <laughs> what, was the, what was the exact quote for Corey? He said, Nelson was saying, he goes, no, it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, Corey... Corey's evolution as a challenger is one of my favourite things from like Rivals 3 to now. He's gone from seeing if he can shake up the game to shagging everyone in existence, including the houseplants, and then learning how to do no, strategy. The, sh- and- the shagging was first. Yes. It was shagging, then it was getting rid of all the no, bets to no, it wasn't. Yeah. Oh, well, it, Rival- was shagging. Rivals 3 didn't do too much shagging. Uh, but his first season was Invasion. Uh, Bloodlines. Bloodlines. Before that, he was Bloodlines. Uh, ah, yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, good point. I retract my shagging statement. And then Instant it was shagging. Th- then Rival <laughs> Street. Then it was Invasion, where he was all over the shagging. Oh, yeah. all over. That that was peak shagging. <laughs> yeah. Then it was Dirty Thirty, where he suddenly became like, okay, I want to make a name for myself. I want to take out this vet, this vet, this vet. Now he's like, yeah, I've got two kids. Tony's not here, so that's my gimmick. Um, I've got this, that, the other, and I'm here to like play it calm, and I'm here to win. I I love that arc. He's so I can't mature now. Kyle, I can't wait for Kyle to steal that gimmick. <laughs> you know that. You know if Kyle's on next season after the baby's born, they'll make a really big thing of Kyle saying that at the beginning. Yeah. Especially if if they get Tony on as well, and they just have the three of them have this conversation, and Kyle's like. Tony, you passed it on to Corey, and now Corey, you pass it on to me. And he just brings out a picture and he goes, I'm doing this for my son. Oh, no, I, I want them to argue about whose kid will win in the future. It's like, my kid will kick shit out of your kid. <laughs> I will tell you. 572. <laughs> uh, and, and Josh will be on that. He's a vet of 784 seasons. Um, but do you know whose kid will, uh, whose kid's going to win? CJ, CT's kid. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or to use his actual adorable name, Little Fatso, which is what I really like the fact CT oh, calls his kid. I was going to say, that's what CT calls him. George hasn't just insulted a child. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do off pod. That kid um, is going children to be eating, annoying. He's going to be eating ram hearts when he's like, <laughs> just as practice training at age seven. I can see it now. Oh my God. I would so watch a Rocky Four esque montage of CT <laughs> training his son to go on the challenge. That would be absolutely <laughs> glorious. Eat it, son. It will make you strong. Sorry, read it, son. It, no, Levi, do a Boston mumble for me. <laughs> but but that's the thing. Little little, uh, little CJ, Chris Jr. will absolutely smash the eliminations. And that's the elimination that Burner is worried about getting thrown into. And you know who couldn't care less if she gets thrown into it? Because she hates Burner. She hates Burner so much. I don't like her, and she's a good competitor. Ashley Meltdown Mitchell does not like her because she wants to kill two stones with one bird or whatever it goes. It's two birds with one stone, Ashley. Yeah, also, that 
the way she said it would be way more impressive <laughs> and slightly more psychotic. <laughs> also, what, why are you killing the stones? But I just love it. She like she just hates her so much. She doesn't care what the phrase is. She, she's actually she just wants it professional, huh? She's actually talking about Gabo. <laughs> Gabo is a fucking stone. <laughs> I swear, the only times we've actually seen Gabo on the show is just in the gym or talking about how he's always wanted to be on Jersey Shore, or telling Nani she's a hot partner. That was yeah. an instant thing. Why would you pick Nani? Oh, she's hot. Oh. Jake, give, give me one word about how Gabo is going to do based on his um, edit, edit uh, sorry, edit so far. Just the one word here. Non-existent. That'll work as a hyphen. There's a hyphen. There's a hyphen. Uh, <laughs> poor. Poor. He'll do the poor. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, on, on top of uh, Berna being worried about being thrown in, Michelle is uh, worried that she and Corey Lay are going to get thrown in. And I think based on the editing, it really has been set up that it's going to be either Big T, Michelle, or Berna. But with that, there's only one way to find out, and that's to head down to the lair. So the head, agents head down there. So let's find out from TJ and the agency who they have chosen to face the compromised agents. All right, agents, welcome back to the lair. Whoa! <laughs> I sent you back to headquarters to deliberate and nominate one team to send into the lair you chose another set of rookies, Tatcha and Jeremiah. So come on down. Good luck, guys. Do work, Tats. Do work, Jeremiah. Tori, Ed, by winning the last mission, you became the agency, which means you are tasked with sending down one man and one woman to go against our compromised agents. So, Tori. Which woman do you want to send down here? You know, TJ, a lot of us have history, and sometimes history comes and it stabs you in the back. But tonight is not that night. So tonight, I'm going to be saying Berna's name. As for Berna, I mean, she is a rookie in this game, and She's definitely a threat. I mean, she is exceptionally competitive. All right, Ed, what about you? Berna. Berna, come on down. Whoa, okay, this is a real game, Berna. It's not the sweet challenge house with a sweet boy next to it. Woohoo! No, let's go. It's a real game here. All right, Ed, which man do you want to send down? You know, TJ. Tonight, we are gonna send down Corey L. All right, and what about you, Tori? I'm gonna have to agree with my partner on this one, and we're gonna be sending down Corey L tonight. Corey L. Let's go, Corey. Once again, I'm looking at four rookies. Not bad, vets. You guys are killing it. It is a good day to be a vet. It is beautiful to watch. We are throwing rookie after rookie into the layer, and I don't think these rookies know what they signed up for. All right, agents, as you know, Tommy is now deactivated. So, Jeremiah, Coriel, I hate to break it to you, but tonight, you will not be playing. So, did Tori make the right decision not to choose Big T here, George? I think yes, because 
I'm pretty certain whoever shatters that Met Alliance first is going home next, or at least going into elimination next. Yeah, they basically show that they can't be trusted. Yeah. Um, their whole game gets blown up. So we've got um, we've got Burner and Corey Lay who have been picked to go in, but with uh, Tiny Tommy being deactivated, that leaves one less man in the game. So Jeremiah and Corey Lay get a reprieve. Um, and that's what Devin predicted, because if Devin says it, it's got to be right. Um, yeah. so, so it's an all-girls elimination. It's Tasha versus Burner. So why don't we head down to the lair and find out from TJ exactly what elimination game they'll be playing. All right, agents. Tonight, you're playing Slipping Up. As you can see behind me, there are two giant V-shaped structures. Your goal is to build a ladder high enough to ring the bell at the top. You will use these poles provided as rungs. Now you must use every single pole. Now be careful, because the poles are different sizes. So you have to use them at the right time, all right? First agent to place all of their poles on their ladder and then ring the bell will win tonight's elimination round. Stay in the game. Loser is deactivated right away. Good luck. Okay, so slipping up. So they basically have to use different length metal poles to build rungs on a giant ladder and then ring a bell. Um, first of all, if you watch the Challenge Aftermath with the wonderful Devin Simone, you will be fully aware that this, this elimination went on for over an hour. Um, what, what did you think of this elimination, Jake? I thought it was, I, these are the type of eliminations I love because even from like an edit perspective, I was on my like edge of my seat the whole time because Berna does have this storyline with Nelson, which like gave her a little bit more longevity, but it could have very easily been the episode where she gets sent home and Ashley sort of wins, right? Mm -hmm. Ashley won like that. I So for me, I, I had no idea who was going to win the elimination. And I love that about eliminations. And I love the ones that are like endurance slash you've got to figure this out. There's some sort of trick to it, figure out the trick. And I, those are my favorite, favorite types of eliminations. So I loved it. I thought this was suspenseful. I thought they did a good job on this one. Do you know what the first thing that came to my mind with my uh, genius logic challenge brain to do for this elimination would have been? <laughs> Dude, don't laugh, that? George, because I've got to sit in a cold bath for an hour and do a Rubik's Cube because of you. So <laughs> you sit there and you smile. Um, what I would have done is I would have taken all of the poles and I would have sorted them into high order, not high order, length order, and then literally... I would have just been able to build the ladder because to sort them into that order probably would have taken what 10 minutes? Nah. There was Max. No, like 10, 15 poles, I think. Yeah. I yeah. need so, a couple of minutes. Yeah. So that would take a couple yeah. of minutes. And then literally you're just taking the one from the from the bottom of that list, sticking it on the rung, sticking it on the rung, climbing, sticking it on the rung, climbing, sticking on the rung. And you're not having to worry about chopping and changing them around. So actually. Whilst you jest beforehand, uh, George, it's a very clever way of doing things. Do you know what I would have done? Wait till we get near the top and then use my longest pole to knock off their top one so they fall down. <laughs> but it's their this own. Is your massive you're, you're, pole, George, your massive pole. My slippery pole. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this, Tommy this would remind... have been good in this elimination then, wouldn't he? <laughs> Tommy would have been good in this. <laughs> This reminds me go. of last season, last season, Josh, CT, Darrell, Devin, that elimination they did. 
and everybody was just throwing their puzzle pieces on the ground. And then they yes. had that little segment and it was like CT pro tip. If you're going to throw them on the ground, put yeah. them in a pile. And it's like, those are the kinds of things that you can't, those are vet moves, right? That's a vet move vet. where you know to exactly, right? <laughs> Levi is a vet. Uh, I've been on 4,321 challenges with Josh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I hope you don't have to do that again. <laughs> and I'm still using it as still... a human shield though. Don't worry, it's still the human shield. I can't remember the season, but it looked very similar to one that Dustin did at the start yes. of, I think, Exodus 2, where they've got their chain together either side of a ladder and they've got to go up and then bring the one strapped to their legs together up at the same time. I'm I sure think there's it, one that they did with Bamboo. It's a better version of that, though. Oh, which one is it? it I, know was, exactly. I think Sarah and or Evelyn and or DM were in it. I just can't remember who the two I, were. I think it's the ruins. I honestly think it was a ruins. Yes, it is the ruins. Yeah, yeah. Possibly could have been I, Casey as well. Right. I do. I, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, it was DM versus DM lost. DM mm. lost that one um, to, I think it was a rookie, honestly. DM oh, like fir first or second elimination yes. ruins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know the yeah. one you mean as well. That's a very good shout, too. God, the, the knowledge on this podcast is it's unbelievable. Elite, elite. Yeah, well, unlike the bananas podcast, as a vet of eleven thousand three hundred twenty-one challenges, of course I'm going to It's just a good thing that I've got Josh on speed dial just to remind me of some of them because he's been on them all as well. Um, also, fair play, <laughs> fair play to uh, to Burner who did the majority of this with a uh, possibly a broken nose um, when a metal pole fell on top of it. Um, I'm saying this slowly, George, because I'm going to you. Um, were you impressed by the girls in this elimination? So I'm more impressed by the fact I actually now know it was over an hour because yeah. that movement is really, really hard to keep doing. Like, do you know what a Jacob's Ladder is? Mm -hmm. It's Levi. No. So it's when you've got... I shook my holes head again. This is an audio podcast as well. Yeah. Trying to help listeners, so <laughs> it's it's when you've got holes in a wall and basically two pegs, and you have to put the peg in the wall and then pull yourself up on it, peg in the wall and pull yourself up oh, again. Tony versus Ammo. Yeah, but harder. Jacob's ladder is like literally one of the hardest endurance things I've ever tried to do. It's literally exhausting. This is very similar to that, but with not quite as strenuously uh, strenuous physically, but much um, more annoying in terms of like strategy and balance as well. Mm -hmm. So one, I thought they both did a great job. And two, I was entertained throughout this elimination yeah. as well. So but like one, great performance by both of them. And two, really good for the viewers actually. Yeah. Probably more entertaining than the last two eliminations actually, yeah. in terms of us watching, yeah. Well, I also think like, as you said, Jake, you didn't know who was going to win because they were neck and neck for a lot of the time. And also it's one of those things where you could pull a pole off like they did many times as well. Mm -hmm. And that completely yeah. changes the game for you. And then, you know, going from that, that editing and logic point of view, the edgic, where you were on the edgic of your seat, I wish you'd have said that. Um, what you also had was the emerging possible Tasha and Tory rivalry based mm -hmm. on the editing that we'd seen mm -hmm. earlier where you thought, okay, maybe that could be a thing that happens if she was to win it and come back. Um, but what we did get a lot of was, you know, help and 
cheering. I say help. Nelson's not really much help. Uh, but, you know, cheering from, from Nelly T for Berna. But do you know who was not cheering for Berna, George? Do you know who was cheering for Tasha? Because she absolutely hates Berna, George. She hates her so much. Who was it? I'm trying to think of a like physical thing I can do to explain a meltdown, but I'm just gonna say it because I really like it. Ashley Meltdown Mitchell. <laughs> Should we just rename her Ashley? Fucking yes. hates Berna Mitchell. That's well, we a good can, one. We can I'll go think... with Ch- we can go with Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, or Fukushima. It depends which one you want. I'm sorry, you keep saying burn. Do you mean Bertha? I don't know. Who I do mean Bertha. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank I'm you. Sorry. I was very confused. You're meant to be a fucking professional. Can you get a name right at least? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I need I need Amber there to be like, isn't her name Berna? <laughs> Which I was the line, I the line of last name. week. Um, but yeah. no, no, I do I do want to call her Berna just out of respect for what she did in this episode. I know we joked about her being called Bertha because uh, yeah. Ashley, who hates her, you know, called her that. But yeah, so Ashley was very much cheering for Tasha. Um, I thought CT was being a really good partner, despite the fact this is mm-hmm. really a partner's game. Um, I think he sees something in her that he, you know, he kind of saw when he won the final with Amber last year. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you guys think? I think he sees a good potential partner and we don't know much about Verna other than hearing, I mean, it was just really this episode that it was brought up that she's a good competitor, right? We've heard in other episodes about her background in um, gymnastics and that, yeah, the circus and that. And that's the type of skill set that would be good in the challenge, mm-hmm. right? So I think that now that CT has worked with her for a few challenges, in his head, he's probably like, can he find his next big tease? I think what he's looking for, someone to keep him kind of under the radar. If he's partnered with Ashley or Amber or anybody who's a threat in the final, he's going to be targeted. So I think he's, I think that might subtly be kind of factoring into is who can I fly under the radar with and if Berna can get this Nelson thing under control maybe they can kind of skate as a partner because she's a rookie Mm. I think the thing is as well it's like the movements that she was able to make to get up that ladder one thing that Nelson did say he said I love the way that Berna can maneuver her body because just like we all remember that Lolo Jones is an athlete we all remember that Berna was in the circus yes Oh, I thought you were going to say in bed with Nelson. (laughs) (laughs) We all remember that too. Um, But yeah, so, um, you know, it's it's pretty close, but it gets to the point where I think Tasha pulls off a couple of the poles. Berna manages to just kind of calm herself and breathe a bit, as CT tells us in the commentary, um, and eventually reaches for that bell. Ding, ding, ding. Berna has won the elimination and unfortunately, Tasha is going home. And they have this really, really lovely moment together um, after the elimination, which I always love to see after yeah. eliminations. Just nicely, no one came, neither competitor came out badly of this elimination. I thought right. they both put in a great performance and then they were nice after. Mm-hmm. They were, what happened next? They were nice to each other, George. There we go. Cool. I now get to be an arsehole. Brilliant. Um, Take me up. <laughs> because... As the agents cheer for Tasha, um, Tasha tells them that she loves them, except for you, Tori, you fake-ass bitch. So Tori looks completely taken aback when this happens. To both of you, is Tasha overreacting? Because earlier in the game, she goes, I understand it's a game. So, like, what has set her off to be this angry? 
Um, I think something that happened on the first challenge based on the challenge aftermath with the wonderful Devin Simone. I saw this story as well. Uh, but sorry, Jake. No, uh, I didn't I didn't hear this story. I, no, but, I, so, but yeah. uh, no, before you're tainted by Levi. Um, <laughs> well, tainted by let, Tasha, because Tasha told us the story. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> so why for, do you think she was so angry first? And then we'll tell the story. Right, so I think that um, when you look at the scene that was shown to us, it does show Tori walking into Tasha's room and asking who she wants. And in subtitles, which means either one of two things when they show subtitles, you'd see T and you can't understand him, or they really want you to remember it. And she specifically says Michelle and all this. And, 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 Tori, and, and Tori and Ed's partnership. The oh, the handshake. Yes, they, they actually shake hands on it. They shake hands on it. And in Tori's partnership, I think Tori was going to try and defend herself and be like, oh, you know, it was a partnership. It wasn't all on me. I said I would do my best. It's like, well, Ed would have done whatever you wanted. Ed, Ed had no say in that. And I felt like that was kind of known that this was Tori's move. And Ed, as the rookie, was just kind of going along with it. So uh, I kind of think she does. Tasha has a point here. Like, Tori, you didn't need to do that if you were going to throw in Berna. Like, why have that conversation? I think it's, yeah. it's that question of, and I'm going to get the bingo cards out because rogue English football reference is coming out here. It's that question of how much do, um, do handshake deals have their worth, Daniel Levy and Harry Kane? Uh, <laughs> that, that is that is very very topical if you're English um, Thank and you if very you much. care about football. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so to tell the story of what Tasha said on the challenge aftermath, on the pick your partner challenge, after um, uh, who who was it that Tasha had Jeremiah? After Tasha had picked Jeremiah and had unlocked him, Tori said, "Come pick me as well because we're a three and gave Tasha the sledgehammer for her and Jeremiah to try and smash the sledgehammer. And who, who was it? I think it was Nelson said, yeah, we found that really weird because no one told us that we could be in groups of three. Mm. <laughs> I was trying, no, had, she was trying, she was she was trying, trying to get them to do early. all the work. Yeah. Mm. I like that. I think that's a good bit of shit, Alzari. Mm, but that's, yeah, I can see why Tasha would be like, you're trying to take advantage of me kind of thing though, you know? It is I, think it's I don't know I see both an sides. Yeah. Dislike. but do you right. not think as well like Tasha is I think she has the second most social media followers of she's everyone big. on this season yeah. after Kyle no no she's more really I th yeah, yeah Tasha's 1.7 Kyle's knocking around 1.3 if you're talking Twitter versus Insta which I think is both their peaks yeah I, I kind of I think Insta oh Insta uh, I, I still think Tasha's got more things but what I'm saying is she came in as this like queen of Big Brother Nigeria. She's a huge celebrity in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, Tori's, as I say, you know, she's she's a kind of face of the challenge now. Mm -hmm. um, she's she does the challenge podcast, et cetera, et cetera. She's kind of I feel she's got a bit above her station and, you know, thinks she's a lot more important than she is and i think maybe seeing tasha come in as as i say this this big star from nigeria she got a little bit you know oh i want to be friends with her but i, I don't want to be friends with her because i don't want her to take my place type of thing i don't know i just feel like it's that so i've got standoff I've, I've got a relatively serious point to make here which is oh my god that's not on the bingo card george making a serious point 
you should well you made me do that thing to Fessy after you thought he actually dm'd me um tori has now deleted her twitter because of tasha fans going off on her i think when you've yeah um it's a couple of posts on the reddit which have now gone i i don't know if it's back up but apparently they were all going in on tori i think when you've got a rapid fan base you're you even need to have the responsibilities to yeah. not let them be a dick yes. for yes. no reason other than a game move yeah. to other people. Yeah, right. I'm not important. If Tasha's fans come for me, bring it on. Um, it'll probably just help raise the profile. But <laughs> in all seriousness, I don't like <laughs> social media hate. Mm. I think it's pathetic to go at someone from behind the keyboard. And Tasha should at least had her fans to back off Tory. Yeah. We we don't know that she hasn't though. Let's just uh, as of yeah, recording, or, or, we don't know very, if she hasn't. Very good point. I just don't like social media bullying. It really fucks me off. No. Yeah. I think I think that's one of the problems with social media. I think especially around the trilogy days, the Dirty 30, Vendetta's Final Reckoning, there was a yeah, lot yeah. of that going on. Um and yet, you know, hopefully that eases slash stops as soon as possible because that's not nice for Tori to have to endure because as we always say on here you know we're we're making comments based on the character what they're saying on this tv show this is as soon game. as the sh- yeah as soon as the yeah. show finishes you don't go and insult someone on social media mm-hmm. you know which is because I, I actually i actually really enjoyed tasha's commentary throughout the challenge throughout the deliberation i thought she was wonderful and definitely want to see her back but i don't want that level of fan toxicity ever brought back into the challenge because there was the last person who i feel had that was cara yes oh shit yeah and that That... got really bad if i remember correctly but also towards her from other people's fans and then from her fans and yeah i do agree i think you know let's all try and separate talking about what happens on the show and discussing it and discussing the characters on the show and their real life where we leave them alone and we don't, you know, directly go towards them and treat them like dirt because of something they've done on an entertainment reality show. I can always rely on you to make my point better than I did, Levi. But now, (laughs) can we segue to something silly? Um, Yes, we can. Unfortunately... It's not quite in the running order yet, <laughs> but what we can segue to is something lovely, and that is potentially my new favourite rookie, Esther, um, yes. who just, she gives like, this is going to be the worst word to use for it, but the most lovely eulogy for Tasha. <laughs> but for, for Tasha's challenge career on this season you know what i mean just the stuff that she says about you know i've known tasha (laughs) for a while we came into this together um i'm so proud of her she's made herself proud she's made nigeria proud um and also you know george you're probably like this as well i take a lot of heed from what tj says to them at the end of eliminations and you know i'm sure we'll see you back uh you did amazing etc etc you know let, very positive performance by Tasha, although she was a lot quieter across the three episodes than I expected her to be based on, you know, all that I'd heard about her coming in. I think part of that is because of how she, the outcome that she had, right? That that's one of the, the theories that I think I have on the Edgic 
portion of it is that if, and it's part of the reason why, um, you know, some of the other good characters in other seasons have smaller roles is because they don't want us to get attached to that person being there and being a large character and then have them be gone, right? And so um, I think that maybe that's part of what they were doing with Tatcha is, is sort of limiting the content that she had, knowing that, hey, we only have three episodes of her. We don't want people to get attached and um, stop watching after Tatcha goes home. That's, that, that's the only thing I can think of um, because I, I, like you, had high expectations for her to come in you know, pretty loud and fierce. And it feels like Esther has taken on that role more than Tatcha. Yeah, I think I said that on one of the earlier episodes, did, about George, yes, that yeah. like with everything that people had told me about Tasha going in and, you know, she's a big celebrity in Nigeria. I, I don't want to compare them just because right. they're from the same TV show. But, you know, it's it's I guess it's no different to when we compared kind of Joss to Kyle because they came in from right. the UK. Um, Absolutely. I expected Tasha to be the the kind of one who gave the commentary and the one that got all the focus, mm-hmm. but it has been Esther. Um, but I think it kind of puts MTV now with a decision to make, which is, you know, she's got this big following. It seems like she's had a good reaction online. Are they going to bring her back? But MTV aren't the only ones with a decision to make. George, give me that point, because burner has got a big decision to make as well. Um, that's, your, she, that's your best segue of the episode, by the way. She, she <laughs> can either stick with reigning champion CT... She, who is now in incredible shape. Um, take Jeremiah, who is a rookie like herself and therefore automatically put a uh, bullseye on her, or she can infiltrate and steal uh, a male challenger from another pair of agents. Is she going to stay with CT? Is she going to pick Jeremiah? Or is she going to go for number one draft pick, Devin Walker? Let's head down to the lair to find out. Let's go. Burner. That was insane. Thank you. You got bashed in the face and you just kept it moving. I am very, very impressed. Now, it's time for you to make a decision. Right. Are you gonna stay with your partner, CT? Or are you gonna take Tatcha's partner, Jeremiah? Or are you gonna infiltrate and steal any other partner up there? Except for the agency, of course. Um, in Turkey, we say, if you start your way with one person and you change it with people, you will never find the final. That's why I want to stay with CT. All right, CT, come on down. I mean, suck it, Devin. Nice job, bud. Really proud of you. Thank you. Now, that means Big T. You don't have a partner? Jeremiah, you don't have a partner anymore. So, two of you are now a team. So come on down. So, Burner has made the decision to go with the number three draft pick uh, and stay with CT. And CT, with that wonderful confessional, screw you, Devin. I had, um, I had a lot of laugh out loud moments during this, actually. Like, Devin calling Burner weird, like, crap me up. That crap me up. Um, Huey and Ashley crap me up. Carl and Amanda crap me up. This was... Nelly boot camp cracked you up. Actually, that really crapped me up. And then I got jealous of his abs. Um, generally, I just thought this was definitely veering on the side of mainly hilarious as an episode. Mm. One thing that's confused me, is Burner from Germany or Turkey? Because 
She's got the German flag on her helmet, but she was on Survivor Turkey, and then she said some stuff about in Turkey we have this tradition that you um, you finish what you started with the people you started it with, which is why she picked CT. Interesting. Who, I who the fuck is Berna? Bertha. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know where she's from. She has the German flag, so I just assume Germany every time, but I didn't even think, because I remember specifically, she said, in Turkey, yeah. we say this. And so, I don't know. That's maybe she's from Germany, but she has... Maybe she's from Germany, but she lives in Turkey, or she lives in Turkey, but she's got German family or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it's not that important. What's important is that she's gone for the number three draft pick, uh, CT. Well, if, if you're with him... Why leave him at the moment? Yeah. Also, he seems happy with her. Pre-season, right? I think he was everyone's number one draft pick, wasn't he? Before I mean, they is... even knew that he was coming in ripped. Oh, he looks so good. It's ridiculous. It's like, it's not fair. It's not no. fair. That's, this seems to be the biggest no-brainer of the season, right? Because she doesn't increase the target on her back in any way. Yeah. She was already with CT. So it's not like a new person choosing CT. Mm. It's just she already had that. She's like, yeah, why am I going to leave the... I feel confident to say the, like above anyone else in that house or CT and anyone else in the house, there's like a wide gap, right? Like it's not necessarily he's the best in my eyes and then there's someone, Corey or anybody right after. Mm. It's like, no, there's CT... Then a space, then whoever you want to put after that is there, right? So for a no-brainer for me, for her to say. Yeah. Well, that's Short the thing as well. Like CT was the best when he came back with Dad Bod, and now he's Dad Bod Brain with <laughs> right. old school CT. It's almost like we should rename Shamtanam me to CT. Like he's <laughs> He's done a phenomenal job in the off-season. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. Also, what you do by sticking with CT is you don't then take someone's partner and then make them an enemy. Yes. Yeah. That's a great point. I think Jake's right. As soon as someone new picks CT, that is like bullseye tracking mm -hmm. straight to them. And that's when I think he's in trouble. Mm -hmm. um, Until the vet lines, that's when they should get him out as fast as they can if they're not idiots. And what this does is it leads to big T uh, getting a partner again. She's paired with Der Jeremiah, which actually helps Jeremiah more than it helps big T. Because yeah, now he's yeah. out of the rookie rookie partnership. Yeah. Um, but speaking of rookie rookie partnerships, that leaves, <laughs> uh, that leaves Michelle and Corey Lay as the only rookie rookie team left in the game. They basically have to win the next challenge. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, they're getting voted like hands down. Well, we say that, but our mate Kyle, Mystic Kyle, is here with some foreshadowing in the editing, which we should use our logic to work out what the hell he means. Because at, at the end of the episode, the last thing we are told is, uh, Kyle does a confessional saying it's all good for the Veterans Alliance at the moment, uh, but they've screwed each other over time and time again. They're all snakes, not just me, all of them, and we will turn on each other. Basically, it's not a matter of uh, if, it's a matter of when. I'm going to go to you, Jake, on this. Is there a specific reason that that was what ended the episode? Yes, I think so, personally. I, these end-of-episode confessionals have been really telling over the first few episodes. In the first one, we hear about how Ed is stronger than he looks, and Kel says something along the lines of, like, 
you know, what are they going to do to me? You know, um, the most second episode, Esther says something about social game. And then in this episode, we see Tori's social game blow up. So I think these confessionals are really key. And the thing with this one is, I don't know if it's going to happen next week, because next week, seemingly, you as long as Coriel and Michelle don't win, you throw them in as houseboat, and then you pick two more rookies to go against them. So the logic part says it's not coming yet, as long as Coriel and Michelle don't win. But it's coming. And I, I think that they're setting us up. They're really hyping us up for this bloodbath of vets in like a war. So it better be, you know, I want Worth some, it. I want some, yeah, I want something strategic going. I want good gameplay, right? Um, I want some because they're hyping it up. They're hyping it up, especially with this confessional. Um, that's the end of the episode. Um, and, you know, it, it was nice of them after depriving us of Kyle for a whole episode giving us Kyle as the last thing we remember. Um, but from what you remember of this episode, what do you think of it, George? Really, really good. Um, this is a very, very strong free episode for If You Can't Play a Black Station opening. I gave the first one a 97. I agree with Alan. Last week was an 83. This was better than last week. So this gets a 90. This, was, this had so many things I loved in it. Um, across gameplay, drama, physicality, competition. Good challenges, good mission, good elimination. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it all. And Kyle was in it. And I got to see more of Huey <laughs> and his fantastic ass. <laughs> um, Jake, who, who impressed you in this episode? Who, who do you think has been given the edit for this episode for what's happening going forward? A few different people did well this episode. I think Michelle managing to stay out of elimination um, again and that second person visibility she received from Tori about how, because Tori pretty much said like, she's got to go, I think is the exact line she used. So that made me think that she was going this elimination, right? That she was going to be in at this point. So I think Michelle got a really good edit. Um, I think Devin continues to like blow us away, right? Like when has Devin been shown this strategic without it being like slightly comical? right uh, <laughs> it's like it's like not comical at all right now it's like wow like this is Devin. so Devin and michelle i would say are the top two edits of this episode i have to think about the girls one a little bit more but Devin would be my top male edit of this episode well i'm, I'm sure george is going to agree it's been really like fascinating having you on the podcast and just hearing it from a different a different eye on one of the recording breaks you said to us that it's been nice for you to take the edgic hat off and just chat about it for us actually it's been nice to put an edgic hat on and try and think of it from your point of view so do you know levi what this feels like is like when you've got two people who are hosting a sports game with no fucking idea what's happening and then they've got the genius in the background they go and so jake tell us what you see from this play what are they going to do next that's generally what it's felt like is we generally just throw it to you at various points of the episode and i'm with you Levi. thank you so much for coming on mate this is absolutely fascinating you've been a great guest this was so much fun i really appreciate you guys having me on taking the time to uh, listen to me rant a little bit about some uh, <laughs> some editing stuff because truly i think we could talk about this stuff for hours, right? For hours. So after the season ends, we're going to have to do another one and recap some of the stuff. We yes. could, but I'm out yes. of wine. Um, <laughs> and, and, and Jake, if, if the listeners want to kind of read your edicts or, you know, get in touch yes. with you or follow you, um, what your socials, tell us about, you yes. know, when, uh, when you post on Reddit and things like that so people can, uh, can watch out. 
Absolutely. So I post a formal write-up where I break down each character and what their, how their episode went, how they did, um, and some storylines, some um, uh, themes and all that. So generally I post that on Mondays around 10 a.m. Eastern. That's when I was told by some of the mods it's a good time to post. So Mondays uh, mornings, and then usually it stays on that page for the bulk of the day. So, um, and then my social, I have an Instagram right now. It's challenge.edgic. Um, We'll see how long I keep it. I'm very scared that I'll get spoiled, but nonetheless, I really appreciate all the support. Um, I've gotten a lot of positive comments. People off the Levi offering for George offering for me to come on the podcast. I just, I feel really, really grateful. So this was so much fun. Um, thank you to both you two and to everyone else as a whole for, uh, for participating in it. Come back think, later in the season. Say again? Come back later in the season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was oh, going to yeah. say, I think it will be very, it's very interesting that we've kind of, we've had the, your edgic mind on episode three. So maybe to get it on like an episode 15 or something, see how much yeah, that's going to change. But what I, what I would like to do based on your edgic mind, mm -hmm. let's imagine it's a one male, one female winner. Okay. Right now, based <sighs> on the edgic, oh, who's winning? Tough. Okay. I'm going to, for the males, I still feel Emmanuel is the one to beat just because of the few subtleties. I know it's like, it's a bold prediction, but I take second person visibility really seriously. And so Devin's comments right now, I'm putting Emmanuel. It's call me crazy. It's either him or Nelson for the guys for me. And Nelson has had too much sloppiness, I think, <laughs> for me so far, right? Um, it sounds crazy, but for the males, I'm picking Emmanuel. Um, and then for the females, again, this is strictly based off the edit, right? Logic, yeah. logic yeah. says CT is the no brainer as, mm -hmm. and Ashley or Amber for this format. Um, but for the edit, I'm going with the males, Emmanuel, and then the females, even though I don't think she had a great episode this time, Tori is Tori still up there as number one. And then Amanda, even though she was quiet, this episode has been really strong um, as an edit and Amanda is someone that from a logic perspective seems like she would succeed in a final endurance puzzles especially a partnership final so Amanda and Tori are my two uh, top leading girls and after this episode for Tori I can't say it's her so I gotta put them both up there no I'm gonna I'm gonna push you on this you give ah! me one guy you gotta give me one guy Amanda 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 okay. Tori I her Tori had some issues this episode that I'll talk about in the breakdown but uh, Esther, who has been a reliable narrator so far, mentioned how important a social game is. Tori's social game was exposed this week. And Amanda has had, has had a steady social game with Fessy, with Ashley Nelson, all these different bombs being dropped. And Amanda's been steady. So Amanda's, I got to give it to her right now. Amanda would be my number one. Fantastic. I have no well, idea how those two would end up as partners, but that's a problem for another day. <laughs> what, what we're going to do when you're on next time, I'm going to clip this up and I'm going to play it to you and we're going to see how well this is, uh, this is aged. Um, because as George knows, a lot of the stuff that's said on this podcast does not age well. Um, <laughs> but um, if you've enjoyed listening to Jake and you want to, you know, read more of his writing, read more about the edge, as he said, 10 a.m. Eastern on Monday over on the Reddit, give or take a few kind of minutes here and there. Um, you can see it over there and you can follow him over on Instagram because as we always say, George, it is important to continue the conversation. Um, and you can do that, as we say, over on the Challenge subreddit. Um, you can continue the conversation with us over on our Instagram or Twitter, mainly Instagram because obviously George hates Twitter, at Challenge React. Um, 
And yes, as I've already said, next week, uh, George and I won't be joined by a Redditor. We will be joined by a challenger. Um, our, our most entertaining rookie so far, Huey, is coming on the podcast. So it'll be George, myself and Huey breaking down next week's episode. Um, but when it comes to next week's episode, we need to get you in the mood. So we're going to leave you with the trailer for next week's app of The Challenge, Spies, Lies and Allies. You're beautiful and kind and cute. In this challenge house, we are young and wild. Today's mission is undercover comms. There's some real spy right here. <laughs> Come on, bro. That's up. The veteran alliance is literally crumbling. You f***ing